What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Misreps Podcast. My name's Kanal, and I'm joined by the man, Adam. Hey, what's happening, man? Um, it's been a good week. You know, daylight savings is over, so, you know, we, we're losing all that light. You know, now it gets dark at, like, what, 5.30 now? So it's been a, it's been a blast, like, driving out, and then it's dark, and it's like, huh, but it's still early. <laughs> I don't know how it is on your end, but, yeah, it's just dark over here. Yeah, the sunset's over here around 4.30 now because it's getting a little early. But it's nice that we get a little bit of sunlight earlier in the morning, at least for the time being, because waking up to a pitch black room is like, what is it, 4 in the morning or 6 in the morning? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. And I also took I took like a couple days off from work, and it's been great. So like this is like the last day, and unfortunately, I got to go right back to work. But maybe in the future, I can let it go for podcasting or whatever you know our future plans are. Yeah, we'll see how things go um dude i am so excited for god of war to come out like i have it pre-ordered and that's all i'm looking forward to this week i do too but like unfortunately it's not coming on release day which is today it comes tomorrow for me which is um you know ugh, like during my work day and so i won't be able to like touch it until like in the evening so oh, is it really today yeah today's the uh yeah november 8th is the release date for- oh should yeah. I can go play? What, what are we doing on the podcast? What, what are we doing? What are we doing on this podcast? Let's, all right, guys. So thank you for coming out to this podcast. Hey, make sure you rate us like five stars, and we're going to go play some God of War. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, this week, uh, we finally getting some daylight back over here. It's been really rainy over here, but, you know, that's the story of the Northwest. You know, you get used to it. But we got a little bit of sunlight. Might try to go play some cold-weather golf, and uh, just got to layer up, and we'll see how it goes, because it's like, 45 to 40 degrees out there right Ooh, now it's pretty yuck it. it's still like here in texas it's still uh humid and stuff like actually now it's like we had a 75 day and cloudy and i think like right now let me look at the forecast because like we had what well, today was actually the high was 81 today but then i think yeah cold friends coming in on thursday and then the highs on friday and saturday and sunday are 68 52 and then 54 and then it goes into the next week it's staying in the 50s so I think this is like our cold front that cools things down um, besides the one that we had in, um, earlier in, in October. Okay. Yeah. Should we go right into it? Oh, let's get, let's get right into it. But, um, you know, uh, to all the fans out there, unfortunately, Oliver isn't here to talk about that Seahawks Cardinals game. You know, we were trying to, we were trying so hard to get him on the thing, but you know, he's a, uh, he's just living life right now. You don't, you don't want to talk about it. You know, it's he, okay. he went back to making only fans. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's he's got better luck with that than cards winning a game <laughs> right right but yeah like um but that was a i think like overview of like that seahawks cardinals game i it was a really like okay it was t- it was like a now like it was a tighter game than it was the first go around so like the cardinals are you know they're trying to win this was like apparently like a lot a lot of the analysts were basically saying this is like their game to get themselves back into like you know division if not playoff contention right Kind of like a make or break point for him. Yeah, I'm not saying they can't make it, but with that, so like in the short of it, with the loss that they took, they're now three and six. They would literally just have to win out every single game just to kind of stay in the playoff contention and stuff. And you know, in the NFL, that's hard to do to just have a long streak of wins. They need to let eight, nine, ten. Yeah, they need eight straight wins right now. So, (laughs) I mean, good luck (laughs) on that part. It's a lot easier losing games than it is winning. Just the, that's just the fact of how it is. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Especially like I, I think how Oliver said it last week. Um, the Cardinals have a lot of talent. Like even like Rondale Moore and stuff. And especially like he's like they're supposed to be like their gadget player and stuff. 
it's really just like how they do their schemes on offense, especially, you know, they need to throw him the ball down the field more, man. Like that guy got some speed and separation. It just seems like anytime he got the ball, he, he had like, yeah, but when in college, how he was used in college, he was used on as a running back. He was used as like for a lot of screen work and stuff like that, which is what they were trying to do with them. Like he's kind of like the their Debo Samuel, if you will. Um, it's just unfortunately not working out because apparently I missed this during the game because I, I know I was out shopping and stuff like that because we're doing Secret Santa stuff. Um, and let me just say, like, I literally completed like the for the Secret Santa gift. I got that done in like 24 hours and some change. Like it was <laughs> but like it, it, I'm doing it like with my line and it was it's, it's cool. Like basically I did everything I need to do. I just got to go send it out this week. Everyone else is probably still trying to get their presents. I'm like, I already got all these. I got like the like the box full of like a lot of stuff. So that's mm-hmm. how I like to do it. So anywho, um, couldn't see like the first <laughs> half of the game. And I apparently I saw um, a clip where it happens every every almost every week where Kyler is going after like, well, Kyler's just very frustrated. And then you'll see like he's talking to either uh, uh, McKingleberry or the whole, you know, the whole team. Or, you know, it's, he's either arguing with the head coach this or he's with the whole team. And, the, you know, McKingleberry is just coming in like, hey, guys, let's calm down. <laughs> da, 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 da. So it's really – and even Oliver is like, yeah, if we can, um, you know, just fire McKingleberry, that would be great. So Yeah, I think so. Big difference between this week and last time we played around was that they have James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins back. Yeah. They're relatively healthy. I, I mean, their offensive line was kind of shot. They didn't have Rodney Hudson, I think, other and other key players on that offensive line. James Conner was still running the ball like the power running back he is, though. You got to respect that. Yeah, man, he was. He puts his head down and he gets those yards. He earns every single yard. And mm-hmm. so with with having those guys back, the the scheme was a little bit different, right? Because it wasn't as much on Kyler to try to make things happen. It kind of freed him up a little bit. He he had a lot of those big runs that he broke off and stuff like that. But with mm-hmm. re, with regards to like him getting heated with teammates and stuff like that, whenever I see that, like, yeah, Kyler, he's your quarterback. He's your, your, your leader on, on the field and everything like that. Right. But mm-hmm. when, when, when you see him, when you see him laying into other players about things like that, it just kind of, it doesn't sit right for me in the sense that, yeah, he's your, he's your leader and you know, he has to call you out. It's not as bad as some other players, like if someone that's just, you know, got off like Zach Wilson was just like chewing and mm-hmm. chewing out players. Um, but, you know, th- that respect is earned as well. Right. And he hasn't been delivering for an extended period of time. I mean, they and had that one season, though, where they kind of like went to the playoffs and then they got kicked out like the first round. But but um, I think like I'm, at the same time, you have to. I'm not saying you need to show this type of side of yourself, but like, honestly, like if you are frustrated, it's like, you have to take that lead. The lead. Being a leader is hard. There's yeah. going to be a lot of people saying you should do it this way or that because, and, and I will be honest here. Um, if we can be honest here, uh, which I think <laughs> lie to me. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely lie to you right now, but people in the NFL will see a black quarterback differently from a white quarterback. If you see Tom Brady yelling at the old line and stuff like that, oh, it's passion, this and that. But if you see the black quarterback, in, in this case, black Kyler Murray doing it, it's like, oh, wow, he's just he's just so mad and da 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 you know, things of that nature. But like mm-hmm. this is like typical stuff like on the like, trust me, it's not as if they're like trying to fight it out on the field, but like. This is kind of like one of those things where, like, they like Tom Brady. Win. Tom Brady has done it a lot this this season oh, already. He's yeah. had he has had a lot of frustration. I don't I know. If the has same like, level I think he's, been put on yeah, it. he's he's broken up like two or three tablets so far. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, they, they've been counting that. So like Tom Brady three and then like the, the Microsoft Surface tap was zero. So like, but of course, people are just like, man, that man is so passionate. He's fighting through a divorce and da, 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 da. And I'm just like, OK, all right. But we did, we did, junk, see, please. <laughs> we did see footage. I don't know if it was the full thing. So I'll, I'll put an asterisk next to it of that locker room after the game. And, you know, it was basically a players only meeting with a camera in there. And who was in the middle? For everyone that doesn't know, the camera's in there because uh, HBO is filming the in-season Hard Knocks at the Cardinals. Which, I I mean, if if Cardinals turn it around, you know, Hard Knocks is going to do pretty well. But who was in the middle of that leading the, uh, we got to get better, man. I'm tired of losing at home. It was Buda Baker, right? Mm -hmm. And so that that says something right there to begin with. Usually you'd expect your quarterback to be in the middle. Um, But Buda Baker, he's your quarterback on defense, so. Yeah, if, I, if won't, Kyle, I won't lie though. I was sipping my tea when I was looking at that. I'm like, damn, it must, it really must suck. You know, it's <laughs> like, you know, man, like, it, it, but it is like, honestly, like, like you're saying, it's that's like, you're going to have the emotions running and stuff like that. You're three and six. You, you were literally like on the edge of the cliff to like fall out of playoff contention. I think they still have a chance, but the only reason they have a chance is because the NFC isn't asked this year. Like it's just, it's just so bad. I, the NFC West is asked. The NFC itself, I think, is doing pretty good. I know. Oh, that's because saying... that's because NFC East is <laughs> East is like that's supporting fine. it, which is which is weird, right? <laughs> yeah, like the NFC East <laughs> has three teams in in playoff contention right now. That's weird. Yeah. So, anywho, please continue. Yeah, so I mean, overall that game that game had its ups and downs for us. You know, the, I think the big storyline was Gino threw a very uncharacteristic pick six. First off, you know, fantastic work work by the the defense, the linebacker. I can't remember his name. I think it's Collins. I think that's what his last name is, Lavelle mm-hmm. Collins or something. Mm-hmm. Um, terrific hands, like the way he brought that down and then ran it back. Abraham Lucas tried his best to, to, to catch up to him, but you know, never give up, never, never give up. Give up. Uh, at least he didn't whiff. Like that was it? I can't remember which guy that was. That just that completely was the left tackle for the Broncos and he made yeah, a never yeah, give yeah. up shirt, but then he got injured in that following game. I think he's out for the season, if not out for a while. So, oh, well, that was a dark turn to that story. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I remember it, 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 it's sad, but like, yeah, he tried. Abe Lucas tried. Um, but that's okay because I think a lot of people were thinking, I, I've seen many clips, if not articles, and they were just like, oh, Geno Smith threw a pick six. That's not going to shake Geno Smith. That Chargers no. game didn't shake him with the third and 10 with all of that, you know, the, the penalties and stuff. But then Geno Smith has been through a lot more than just what has been happening this season alone. Mm-hmm. So like man got a jaw broken by a teammate and then he went from a starting to the backup for seven years. I don't think that should, this shouldn't like, you know, phase him, which it didn't, you know. Yeah. So. And so, I mean, the, he came back and that's the thing, right? Like he, I mean, all of us, we're conditioned whenever something bad like that happens to just expect the bad times to keep on coming, but immediately came back and responded with a long touchdown drive. Got that dog, um, you know, and got that dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> him and Kenneth, him and Kenneth Walker just completely turned that game on its head. I think that I think uh, didn't he get another? I think uh, Kenneth Walker got two touchdowns and yeah, he had uh, a buck twenty nine and two tutty, and two tutties. So yeah, and, and then, you know uh, he the the mm-hmm. thing is is that like you know that 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 football is passion driven, right? Like if you have a big play like that, you ride that emotional wave, if, especially if you're at home. But when you when you when you respond to adversity like that and you bring the football down the field in in like in enemy 
on enemy territory, you know, you you take the you take the, the breath out of that stadium and you know, it's basically your home field at that point, right? Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm just like again, every cuz me I love seeing my black quarterbacks out here in the league cuz there's not many of them, right? And they're just being successful. And like in this case like Gino like again, the journey of Gino, right? I feel like there's going to be like a little documentary or something like that after this season no matter what wins or losses happen, but I'm really glad that like he can come back like li- like you said immediately after it was like what ten and fourteen came back then made the game seventeen fourteen. He did that. He, the thing is, is he, did, he did that last week too when the the chart or sorry not the Chargers the Giants came tied yep. the game up immediately went five for five for seventy five yards he threw a perfect drive and he just completely took the game over. It's yeah, like man. you know whenever oh. whenever he gets knocked down he or you know whenever he gets his back put against the wall he just kind of fights back. Mm-hmm. It, it's really cool to just see it, it's just really great to just see the Seahawks where they are like I'm just enjoying the season as it is and I think another big one was Noah Fant with that one big catch and then he just kept running down the field he did not stop kept running I'm just like bro that's all of his like he when he had five receptions for 96 yards it was just because of that one big play you know, right he, that there. Was, he was he was Gino's safety blanket early on in the game, right? Like he got mm-hmm. four of those three or four catches, and I think there were some third down catches in there as well. Like it's good to see Noah fan finally getting some touches after being lauded as probably our best tight end coming into the season after that trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably would say Will Disley has been that that you know tight end one so far because of how sure handed he is for for Gino. Like I think he's only dropped one pass all season or something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it's, I think we can say that, like, you know how everyone's like, you know, how everyone's currently saying that, um, you know, our rookies are whatchamacallit, like our rookies, all of almost all of, if not all, all our rookies are like firing on all cylinders. Everyone that we traded that we got in the trade from uh, Denver um, are firing on all cylinders, except Shelby for Harris, Duloc, yeah, except well, for Duloc, because he's he, behind Gino. But like, you know, Shelby, Shelby Harris, Harris got a, so he, he got a snack today. So good for yeah. or a snack this week. Yeah, so like that's like everyone is like in. And I think Shelby Harris is like having a great. I think even Shelby Harris had a. Uh, I, f- I think he had like something for like his career in that game. I forget. Well, in terms of like his production for the season, it's almost like a career year for him so far. I think I I'll put an asterisk on that. I'll d- I'll double check. But either way, like even Nwosu. Oh, we'll get to the defense in a second. But even Nwosu had a good time on the defense as well. So, but besides that, the run game for the offense, the run game was really good. Um, uh, I think I didn't see the first half of the game. I had to catch the highlights, but like the second half, the running game was like, that was when it was picking up. That's when, that's when it, that's when it turned up. Yeah. And then, you know, we had like the really good run from Kenneth Walker, man, like K nine, the man just like, he won't go down. I'm just praying to protect his legs, you know, protect his body like throughout this season. Cause I just want him to have that rookie of the year, like offensive rookie of the year kind of contention i want gino to be in if gino's not in mvp contention he needs to at least be in comeback player like i think he should no, i think he's got one. comeback player wrapped up like unless he just goes on an absolute stinker i mean yeah. all respect to saquon you know it's hard coming back from the, the injury but i don't see anybody else being geno smith's journey man like no one else has had the journey like geno smith i think like some of the people from good morning football were talking about um who was like a quarterback that had a similar trajectory like uh uh, uh Geno Smith and the only one they brought up was Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah Ryan Fitzpatrick is one I was thinking maybe Carson Palmer as well but Carson Palmer only hopped from like to one team 
Didn't well, he go from? Did he? I think he went from the Bengals to the Raiders to the Cards, right? Or did he go to the Raiders after the Cards? He went to. I thought he. I thought Carson Palmer. I can do a quick chat. I thought Carson Palmer went straight to the. Um, I thought he went straight to the Cardinals after, unless it's just a forgettable season on the Raiders. He could have been, but the the, the big thing. Oh, was he was. Bengals. He was on the Raiders. He was on the Raiders for two seasons, and then he was on the Cardinals for the rest of his season. But he was on the Bengals for a majority. So. Yeah, and so what happened with him though? I think he had like a really bad leg injury. Yes. And when when that happened, he just his production with the Bengals just kind of absolutely fell off a cliff. You know, he went to the Raiders and he was absolutely written off. And then I think he went to Apparently Cardinals. He had, he had a retirement too. It's like in 2010 season, he was even thinking of retirement. Um, mm-hmm. and then he came back the next season. You know how the quarterbacks yeah. do. So back in the day, it was like Brett Favre and all of them. Like, you know, I might just retire. Actually, I lied. I'm coming back. Yeah, Tom Brady did that this off season, basically. But, you know, he went to Cardinals and he played for Bruce Arians and Bruce Arians just revived his career, like from, you know, basically pulled him from the grave. And they had that one. That was when Hard Knocks, the one season where they went to the playoffs was when Hard Knocks was doing a thing on them. I think it was Hard Knocks or I think yeah, it was Hard Knocks in season was at the Cardinals that year that they were going to the playoffs and stuff. And after that year, they just couldn't get that success again. Yeah. With regards to our like offense, I think one thing that I wish like what this this ended up being kind of like a hard fought game. Because it was pretty tight, you know, division going back games, man. Division games, and you know, we don't have a lot of luck in playing in Arizona. We've always had difficulty playing over there. Mm-hmm. We've also always come out with big injuries coming out of there too. I think historically, I don't think we had any big any big injuries this game, right? Yeah, thank God for that. And mm-hmm. so, but one thing I wish we got going earlier was the run game. I think that's that was our from from a play calling perspective in the first half. It felt like we were running a lot of negative yardage passes, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot of zero yard passes, you know they they yeah, the checkdowns basically checkdowns, but he'd also throw like across the field like wide receiver screens and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I mean that's what ended up causing the pick six to begin the um, second half, right? Mm-hmm. But you know uh, I think that probably stemmed from not being able to get the run game going early or whatever whatever change in plan that they have. But with regards to our play calling. I think we we've noticed a difference, which is that you know if they find something that works, they will hit that until it doesn't work anymore. Oh, and yeah. that was that was the bootleg tight end draw play that they were ran like five or six times. Yes, and I saw touched, that. I saw you, the one that actually worked. <laughs> yeah, and so no offense, that was the big one for fifty-one yards. But Colby Parkinson and Will Disley all had at least all had first downs on there anytime. They got that play called, and I think they called that play like five or six times in that game. Can you really believe that we have three starting caliber tight ends that can both catch and block the and block for the run and run after the catch? Yes, and run after the catch. Because like, like no offense, he kind of looked like he was running in slow motion, but you don't get fifty yards running in slow motion. It's just because he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to also understand that, like, even though some stuff on the TV looks as if like they're running in slow motion, I I will. I will put this up that 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 Noah Fant, the big man, he is running, he is hoofing it. He is six four and two fifty. So you have to also put that into perspective of mm-hmm. like his size. So that's like a a bigger Josh Allen running down the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like in this case, like it's it, I'm just very excited that we have like these three tight ends and stuff like that. I'm not sure like you know in terms of like the the contracts and stuff like that going forward postseason, but I know Gino is setting himself up for at least a good two or three year contract, and then. I don't know what I don't know about Drew Locke, but you know, at the very least, like we'll see what happens. But this is one of those seasons again, like where like the NFL did not doesn't know what the Seahawks were going to do post Russell Wilson. So like we have to literally take advantage of this season right now because 
after this season, NFL's defensive coordinators are always going to like, okay, let's go over what they did. We know what to look for. We know what to stop and all that type of stuff. So it, things will change even from within season and also from season to season. It almost feels like they didn't want us to be successful at that point. Like, look how many how many primetime games we've had. We've only had our first week, and that's because it was the rematch with Russell Wilson. We've gone nine weeks this season and haven't had a primetime game like like the game against Giants. You know, that was probably the best game of the week in terms of like how close yeah, it was. It was not primetime. Yeah, they, they could have flexed that. I think they, they could have flexed it up, and they just didn't. Like, I don't know what the story was well, with that. You have to think that um, – um for let me think oh so the reason why the nfl has given what it seems like you know the Bron- the nfl Broncos. Uh, oh my gosh nfl broncos um uh, all over the place <laughs> feels the like denver it. broncos um the reason why they had so many primetime games because the nfl is like wow we're moving a franchise player like a you know an, a super bowl winner you know multiple you know all pro this and that we're going to the denver broncos who is a team that needs a quarterback so we're going to start showing them off especially with that first game of the season being with an offensive minded head coach <laughs> right it, it, it's like you know even like the nfl even if the nfl people didn't know they're just like okay we got to show off that russell wasn't on another team cuz like that's good for tv and stuff of course it has not been good for tv so but um it's just, that's just like kind of the reason why you don't see a lot for like the Seahawks. Although next week, this upcoming week, uh, we're actually playing in the very first game in Germany. So I hope the field's great, you know, against the Bucks. So like, I hope the field's great and all that type of stuff. Um, they, they're playing. They already flew out there right now. I think they flew out today, if not yeah, yesterday. They're playing in uh, Bayern Munich's uh, soccer stadium. So pitch is very well taken care of. You're right. They, they, <laughs> real grass. Uh, hopefully, you know, they don't come out with too many injuries. Right. And so um, like we and we're like part of that first group, that first team to ever play or first two teams to ever play in Germany and stuff like that. So if anything, that is somewhat of a prime time. But unfortunately, depending on where you are in the U.S., you will have to wake up early. It's going to be 830 for me. 630 so over here you, on the West Coast. Are you going to are you going to get up that early for that game or what? Oh, dude, I do that for soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, man. But yeah, let's well, talk about that. Uh, or if you have anything else on the offense, we can talk about that real quick before we get into defense. No, nothing for me. Let's talk defense. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so t- we had we had a lot of sacks this game. First thing that I, that comes out to mind, I think we sacked Kyler five times. I didn't see who all was attributed to him, but Lieutenant Mose, who had a two-sack game, Bru- uh, big Bruce Irvin got his first sack back with us on his third stint uh, on the Seahawks. Shelby Harris got one. Um, uh, Collins. Just- Collins got – and uh, uh, what's the other defensive lineman that we um, – that just got – he was healthy again. Um, Quentin Jefferson or um, no, no, no. no Collins? Um, who are you thinking Not of? Collins, uh, Collier. There we go. Collier, yeah. yeah LJ yeah. Collier. LJ Collier is the one that got the sack fumble on Kyler while he was uh, he was running with the ball, and that's why the ball like flew forward. Oh no, I think that was Ryan Neal. That was Ryan Neal on that one. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, that was, he was already down. LJ, the field. But LJ Collier was given that sack though. Yeah, he might have gotten a sack, and they might have recovered it, kind of thing. Like no, it was, it's, it's called a sack fumble. That in the so that one's a sack. There's a sack, sack fumble, and all that type. So that sack fumble was credited to LJ Collier, but the fumble recovery, I think, was Ryan Neal in that play, right? So I think it was Ryan Neal forced the fumble, and Tariq Woolen fell on it. I think that's what it was because he was well down the he was well down the field. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray was about to break off like a 25 yard run, and okay. it literally caught him by like. He literally just got a fingertip on the on the football, and it, that's all it took to jar it loose from Kyler's yep. hands. And it's the same it's the same damn thing they did last time when they played when they played in Seattle. Like yeah, it was man. the same thing, same damn thing happened. I think that time it was Kobe Bryant that forced it loose. 
Yeah, and Bruce Ir- and Bruce Irvin's like he's he's thirty five. Um, he's about to be thirty five, I believe, this month if not next month. But like he is playing like as if he was twenty eight or twenty seven all over again because he he's just, he looks good out there. He really does look good, and like even with the scheming and how we're um you know putting him in and out, he's not like he's in there the whole game, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been doing really well. Like the whole defense, like that D line has been really good. This imagine season. when uh, well he's he's getting a lot of snaps because Drell Taylor hasn't been healthy. So um, he's been out these last couple games with, I think, a hip injury. Alton Robinson is supposed to be coming back soon. He's someone that I like last year. Right. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I think they're st- we're still waiting on um, Darrell Taylor and what uh, – I think it was uh, not Penny. Well, Penny Hart, I think, is also – they're waiting on him. But I'm trying to think who else we're waiting on for injuries. I think Darrell Taylor, we would love to have him back. But I think it's a groin, if not a hip injury. They, yeah, groins, they, they groins are troublesome. Marquise Goodwin, I think, was the – Yeah, Marquise Mar- – yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're waiting on. So, yeah, groin injuries are a troublesome one because they they they'll linger for like an entire season. It, yeah, literally, it's it's to the, it's really to the point of like how how is it? It's like tendonitis. It's like it's there. It'll flare up, but it's like you just have to either play through it or you're gonna just not play. That's just mm-hmm. that's your two choices. So yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens for the Germany game. For for uh, our rookies, Kobe Bryant, I think uh, was one that stuck out. He, I mean, he was robbed of a pick because of a. Uh, uh, I think it was an illegal contact penalty on um, Quandre Diggs. Mm-hmm. But uh, he also had a forced fumble that he kind of got robbed on because it was like some, it was, I think it was another penalty or something like that. But he had himself a good game. How about them rookies, right? How about them rookies? I think Tariq Woolen basically shut down his side of the field when he was in, I think uh, DeAndre Hopkins was limited to like, like, um, I think it was like only like 20 yards or something like that when targeted on that side or something ridiculously low. I mean, DeAndre Hawkins still got a touchdown in the game, though. I think that that was a busted play, mind you. It was a busted coverage, but even still. I feel like that's what this um, Cardinals defense or Cardinals offense, I should say, relies on a lot is those those busted plays. It reminds us. Their that's offense. NFL, that's NFL teams in general. If there's a busted play, like you know, if there's a busted coverage, you would hope that like your players in the right place for it to be done. And then usually someone's in a busted coverage play, someone's going to be open. And that happened to us several times in this, especially earlier in the season. Yeah, and you you would hope that well, um, but from what I've what what it feels like this season, um, it feels like their entire offense relies on those busted plays instead of takes advantage of them. Like those plays where, you know, a window opens up and Kyler has to use his feet to, to get the first down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he he runs away from the pressure and gets some separation and then he can throw the ball down the field kind of thing. When those I kind mean, of opportunities... The, the thing, of, like, well, the thing about that one is, like, with the Kyler running around and stuff there, so I don't, like, I, I don't like to keep throwing, like, him at, like, with the height thing, but, like, it really is a big difference, like... He's shorter than Russ, I think. Yeah, between him and Russ, it's like an inch difference. Like Russ is five eleven, Kyler's five ten. The only thing is, like his like if the O line gets pushed back into his face, he li- like you can actually see it on the field. He literally won't be able to see, and that's why the sacks will kick in and stuff. So that's like the like the the key to get the Cardinals is to keep well get pressure. Like this is kind of like typical for every team, but like that QB pressure actually does things when Kyler gets out of the pocket then he of course he can see and he can make those throws I'm not saying he can't make a throw inside but like this is an actual thing like he he has a tendency to not be able to see in the middle at times not all the time but I'd add on, I'd add on to that as well like um they 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 brought this up during the Chargers game which was you know in that game Seahawks had a lot of batted uh, batted passes on on Justin Herbert and you're thinking Justin Herbert he's this big guy how is he getting so many passes batted down it's because uh, his throwing motion 
has a low release point. And, you know, for if you're a tall guy like him, you have a low release point, you can get away with it for most of the time. If you're a shorter guy and, you know, you have to compensate that with a higher release point, when you start yep. doing higher release points, you start losing the mechanics and the touch and the accuracy and everything. So it's almost out of necessity he has to use these um, busted plays. You know, he has to use his feet to keep the defense honest so that they're not raining down pressure on him. Having James Conner back this week, I think, was extremely beneficial for him because you know, once you have like a competent running back, not saying, you know, Benjamin isn't competent or anything like that. Once you have a competent running back back there and you can do like some RPO type of stuff, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the whole playbook opens up, the whole field opens up for you. Basically. And, then, but like, and this is like the second game in the row that where we kept a team um, under 300 yards total for the week. Yeah. 262 so. yards. That's how many yards Arizona had total low their their lowest of the season. And I think they only averaged like 4.2 yards of play, which is also their lowest for the season. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, I think uh, that episode might even be out. Um, I think, yeah, I need to I need to see when um, I'm actually going to take a peek at the Hard Knocks in season with the Cardinals. Just just because because I want to I think it's already out um, this month. Uh, oh, actually, it comes out tomorrow. So it's pretty much done. Like they, they only they don't go all the way through like to playoffs. And so they, they, they just stay for like a good chunk of the season. Well, hopefully they turn it like. Well, no, no. Hopefully, they don't turn it around. No, don't <laughs> they, turn they, around. <laughs> yeah, them and the Rams, like they, like the Rams are another team where it's just kind of like you know they they said f them picks and now they're kind of dealing with the repercussions of that without you know having an offensive line it, or it's whatsoever. not necessarily the f them picks. Like I get like I get like not having a first or a second round and well, really a first round pick for several years, but it's like it's the offense. Like I think. People are already like you had that one season with Matthew Stafford because you don't know what Matthew Stafford was going to look like with the Rams last season, and they took advantage of it, got a win. Now this season, people know, and then Matt and then Stafford, he his age is in terms of like him getting beat up a lot in Detroit Lions. He's playing hurt right now, right? Doesn't he yeah. have like some sort of elbow injury? Like, like he has looking? chronic. He has chronic like back. Has he has a chronic back injury? I believe if not, because like from last season towards the end, they were talking about like his throwing elbow had issues during the late season. His back, they had to do a lot of stuff to get him ready for like each game. Like it was, it was. He even said himself it was a bit painful, but like it's 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 just one of those things right now. So you got that dog um, in him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he does have the dog in him to go out and keep playing, but right now their offense is like getting towards the bottom now. Now, granted, yeah. when we play them, I I bet you they're gonna start scoring all that type of stuff just because it's the interdivisional games. But man, well, you know, it's just it. it the Rams are having the uh, their Super Bowl hangover, you know, and even yeah, Cardinals yeah. is just right now the Cardinals. Oof, like yeah, I, some things are gonna change this this off season. Yeah, and for the Rams, it's a really bad hangover. It's oh, like a tequila people, hangover. And teams were after this loss. Teams were actually calling the Cardinals up for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, what the like? What, does I I don't even know how like if I was in the position of like the the Cardinals like front office, like how would I even respond to that? Because like, I think the most confusing thing about the Cardinals is I don't know what I am. Right? Like, I don't know if I'm a I'm this playoff contender. I don't know if I'm a team that needs to retool they, and find pieces. With their, like, you know, like with their record being three and six right now, you know where they are in NFC West. They literally have to win out. Which in the NFL, you're basically asking them to be the Eagles this first half of the season. Yeah, <laughs> like, and we'll talk about and win eight too. straight. Yeah, we'll get to them, but like go and win eight straight. Basically, you need to win every single game the rest of the season. Their schedule is, is tough. Cardinal schedule is tough the rest of the – if I remember, um, who did they have? I'm just looking them up right now. 
They have, yeah, they have exactly. the Rams, the 49ers, the Chargers, the Patriots, and then Broncos, and then the Bucks. And I think there's like two more games. In have they not year. played the uh, the Chiefs yet? Um, or have they already played the Chiefs? Yeah, they already played the Chiefs and they lost 44 to 21, if you remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, that doesn't help like with the early losses, right? So yeah, they have the... Again, they have the LA Rams, the 49ers, the Chargers. Those are like three tough games already. Two being the interdivisional, and then the Chargers, depending where the Chargers are at. Then the Patriots, then Broncos, Bucks, Falcons, and then finally the 49ers. Like, it's going to be a rough. It's a rough schedule for them to like try to win all of those games to mm-hmm. be in contention. So we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, I mean, I don't personally. It's it's a lot to overcome. Like, if they go 500 in those games, I'd probably be good because of all those matchups that they have. Of course. Um, what about and then like what about the DeAndre Hopkins? Would you, if you were the front office, would you think it's time to like trade him off and then kind of have to? Because I mean, they already paid Hopkins. I think they already paid Hopkins. Um, and then they already paid. Uh, imagine Kyler. the teams that are calling him. They're the teams that lack a wide receiver. Your Green Bay Packers, like your Green Bay, they're not calling. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah, no, but uh, just in that kind of a mold of a of a team, right? Like teams that just need a wide receiver to come in and make and, and make an instant impact. Your teams, mm-hmm. like your, <laughs> what if the Texans want him back now? <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. Who who's the team or Tennessee, for example? Like Tennessee was. Tennessee could do with having a wide receiver. Oh, Tennessee that... needs one. They definitely need one, especially after that game they, they had. Um, yeah. Uh, before we get into like the other games, do you want to talk about the special teams real quick, if you had any thoughts on that? Yeah, special teams is more of like a general thing. So I think there were no big issues on us. We didn't have like a lights-out special team outing like we did uh, last week where we had two forced fumbles and Will Disley was the special teams player of the week for the NFC. Um, one thing I it's just – important to touch on Jason Myers right now leads the league. I don't know if this is still the case um, after the Monday night game, mm-hmm. but he leads the league in points at 79. Uh, usually, you know, you have kickers up there in terms of like leading the league in scoring offense and scoring points. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's worth noting this season more than, you know, seasons in the past, you know, it's probably the lowest scoring average year for us in like the last like five years. I think there was, I think they were saying since 2017, Having a good kicker is the difference between being a successful team and, and an unsuccessful one and a good punter, right? Yeah, people, like, pe- and people executing on the special teams as well because everyone has to do their part. Else yeah. You're going to have teams running up the field on a kickoff or a punt. And I know we, we've we had those games where it's like, where's our special teams at this season? <laughs> and it's, it's a big difference. People don't appreciate punters, but the punters are the ones that are out there playing chess, right? They're playing, they're playing positional battles. You know, the difference between having a good punter and a great, or you know, a bad punter and a great punter is you know 15 yards of field, and mm-hmm. you know that 15 yards, if the other team can move the ball down, you know, 20 yards on, you know, get two first downs there in field goal range versus not being in field goal range, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 one of the is one of the key things that is um, important for the whole 60 minutes of playing football, you know, not in the just like moments. Facts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I mean, having a good kicker too, um, I think. I wrote a couple down. Chargers have like there've been kicking issues all across the league. Like the ones that come to mind are like Patriot or not Patriots. Um, uh, Steelers, Chiefs had issues. Both of the Harrison Butker and Chris Boswell, I think, were hurt. Um, Robbie Gould has had injuries. Chargers have been one, and I think you know if they had a good kicker, maybe that would have they would have uh, been a little less aggressive. I think the the storyline for them this season is that they've been pretty aggressive in terms of like uh, fourth down chances taken you know they'll take fourth down chances when situations where normally you would kick a field goal and i think that's been 
mostly because they haven't had a stable kicker. Um, I think they lost the game to us because they were really aggressive on fourth down when it came down to it because I think it was close for a lot of it. But they also won this past week with uh, Dicker the Kicker. Dicker the Kicker, as they call it, right? So uh, Hook him horns. <laughs> hook him horns. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's the thing about Kicker, though, is like you don't – it's almost like – you don't know you have a you don't know if you have a good one yeah Yeah. go ahead sorry no no, i was just saying like getting a good or like if you have the right kicker because even like uh who was it young way Koo on the falcons had his he had his where it's like oh wow he's like a really great kicker and then next thing you know he had his down moments and stuff because the thing about being a kicker you can go and ask pat mcafee and stuff like that being like a kicker kicking all those extra points stuff like it's it is not like it is all mental um, of course, like some people are going to be like, oh, they don't really do much and stuff. But OK, how about you get on the field when you need to get this kick that will win you the game else you're going to lose. And people don't know a kicker's name until he misses a kick. Right. That's, yep. the, that's how it is. It's the thing with job. offensive linemen. <laughs> Same with offensive linemen. You don't know until he, he gets blown up and, you know, you get like a sack fumble touchdown and defensive yep. touchdown, that kind of thing. Unsung Other, heroes. <laughs> unsung heroes. Other games. I mean, like just to rattle off a few more. Mm-hmm. Browns Browns lost a game because of their kicker. I mean, Cade York is a rookie, so you give him a pass. But and uh, that game was against the Ravens, who have the greatest kicker of all time, arguably, right? So, oh man, yeah, yeah. And Panthers lost. You know, Panthers lost last week to Falcons because they, Eddie Pinheiro missed an extra point. Granted, that one was pushed back 15 yards because didn't, of they, Moore. didn't the Panthers get rid of him, or he's still on the team? I I would imagine he's not on the team anymore. And in that <laughs> over in that overtime in that game, he had a chip shot to win it, and you know he. He pulled it wide or something. Yeah, it, that's what that's what usually happens. Yeah, you know? and so special teams, you know, you get love. You know, it's especially this year more than most. You're putting up points where um, offenses like quarterbacks and running backs aren't. Like, you know, you can look at the uh, the, the um, Buccaneers and Rams game, right? Like, mm-hmm. no one no one wanted to score in that game until Tom Brady decided he wanted to score in that game. That's true. I, I was, oh man, that was that was a game. Uh, but and I, and then speaking of the Bucks, like so, we're facing them, you know, next this upcoming week in Germany. You have any thoughts on like, you know, what Seahawks need to do to get that dub? Dude, that's a that's a tough one, right? I think establish the the kind of game you want to play, and I think that's where it has to start. You have to dictate the, that game, and that starts with strong run game. It's going to be tough with Big Vita Vea up front. Mm-hmm. But if you get Kenneth Walker going early, it'll open up a lot of things down the field for you. Mm-hmm. I think they're a little bit weak right now at linebacker with Shaq Barrett being hurt, and I think they might have a couple other injuries. And, you know, in that kind of a situation, your tight ends will have a field day, and we got three good ones. Yeah, I I also think that, like, to, to beat Tom Brady, you have to get to Tom Brady. Because, like, if you leave Tom Brady, like, a good pocket, you're giving him too much time to make a decision and go. Because, like, you know... Any defense, I don't care what DB you have, I don't care if it's like Sauce or whoever, you know, even uh, Jalen Ramsey and stuff like that. You can't keep them like running that man coverage forever. Something's going to eventually open up. You know, everyone can't be everywhere on the field all at once. So uh, one of the things that have been successful for teams that beat the Buccaneers this season so far has been sacking Tom Brady and making him look like the old quarterback he is. Like, I don't want to put eight, like the ageism part in there, but like you just, he can't, he really cannot scramble for his life. So if you get to him a lot, he'll be cognizant of the pressure coming to him and stuff like that. I think that's even with the, um, the Rams, when the Rams face them, like they just, Oh, you have to score. That's one thing. Got to score. You have to keep scoring. Don't leave Tom Brady in the game. Keep scoring. Like if you can score on every single drive with touchdowns rather than field goals, keep scoring. 
Um, and then defense, you have to just get after the ball, get after Tom Brady, and that's pretty much all I have for that game. That's the only way we're going to win that game because uh, you got to do, like you said, you got to do it for sixty minutes, and that's the big thing. You can't let up one bit because they will yeah. find a way. Yeah, you can't then, you can't just like go up big the first half and then it's like you're not scoring anymore because eventually Tom Brady's going to start slicing your defense. It doesn't matter who the defense is, he'll start slicing up that defense, and next thing you know, he's bringing them back because like you have to pay respect to Tom Brady at least that much. Yeah, and I mean like. When 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 you uh, he's when you have your back against when he has his back against the wall like in that last drive for the against the Rams he hit the same damn route like four times which was you know the, the quarterbacks were playing extremely soft so Tom was like all right I'll take these free ten yards you know boom 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 all of a sudden he's in the twenty five yard line you know like he yeah. just he, he he can he knows how he doesn't he doesn't do things that he doesn't need to do he'll do things that you know get them the win. And you know you have that means that you have to play defense for sixty minutes because if you if you let up one bit he'll he'll hit it and he'll hit it before you realize what to do. Yeah, I mean that's all we can say and hope. Hey, because you know as always on the, by the brand we're gonna go for the Seahawks. You know yeah. no matter what. So technically this is a uh, an away game for the Seahawks. I think that's what they're calling it. You know that's a, a Buccaneers home game even though it's played in neutral ground and that kind of thing. Um. It'll be it'll be good to see. Does do Buccaneers have much of a run game this year? I don't think I've seen much from Leonard Fournette. Up, up um, it's even if you haven't seen much of a run game, just try not to give them a run game. I think that's the thing because everything can change on a week by week basis. That you know, just like how our defense was trash for those first like three or four weeks, but then we turned it around. They can turn around that run game if if need be. I haven't heard from Leonard Fournette. Uh, in terms of like the game, when you, in each of their games, he hasn't been doing as well. But like, you, you shouldn't give him any leeway. So mm-hmm. that's like the thing. And then of course they still have uh, Godwin and like Evans and all of them. So it's I like think Julio's healthy too. Yeah, Julio's healthy at the moment. So because thing about Julio, it's like you know Julio ain't gonna be playing every single game, and they know that. So we'll see. And then of course uh, we have to be be cognizant of uh, was it Otto or Auden. The tight, the other tight end on for the K dot shout out Huskies, yeah, K dot yeah, there we go, excuse me, but um, yeah, be you know, keep watch over him. They call him we'll a baby drunk. <laughs> oh lord, I mean, why not, right? So yeah. we'll see what happens with that, but yeah, was, just gonna, you took you took my point. What I was gonna say is if you're if there's anyone to watch out for, watch out for baby Gronk, baby Gronk. That, yeah, if if uh, if we, even if we play tight coverage on Godwin. Um, Julio and um, Mike, Evans. Mike Evans to the best mm-hmm. of their ability. I mean, they're still going to get their touches because they're elite receivers and stuff like that. It just happens, right? And especially when you have three of them. But if there's anyone that's going to feed, it's probably going to be Kate Otten. I mean, that's what happened with the Rams game. Like, uh, that's what happens with the Rams. Like, the the that Rams game, like, they he started throwing towards Otten, and then Otten was like, oh, running up the field, first down. And at that point, all they needed was a field goal and stuff. So it's like, you know, good luck with that one. So, you know, just be sure they just we just gotta we just gotta take his options away from him and get after the quarterback. That's the only way we can do it. But then we need to score. If we yeah. keep it like, oh, if it's like, oh, you know, Seahawks are up fourteen to like fourteen to three or fourteen to seven and or twenty one to fourteen and like we don't score anymore, it's like we're we're just op- we're keeping the game open for Tom Brady to come back. So Yeah. And you know, it, 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 that that game is kind of making the Rams implode a little bit too. Um I think uh-huh. I saw afterwards that uh um, Jalen Ramsey was kind of taking a was like subtly calling out the offense for not yeah. being able to get it done, which is right. But it to be fair, on that very last play, I think um, 
I think uh, Jalen Ramsey had a had a ball hit him right in the number, and he didn't come down with it. Right. And I think that might have been on the fourth down. But like that his, led up to the game. That, but his that comment, game. but his comment specifically was about, and I know I don't have it word for word, so like paraphrasing it, his comment was basically like, "We get off the field, and then you know you expect each team, like you know each offense expects the defense to do their part, like get us back on the field. Defense is like, hey, offense, keep us off the field. And he was basically saying, we get off the field, and we expect the offense to go and do something, but then. Uh, All they needed was like, a first down, dude. That's right. like that, then, that's the uh, thing that hurts for, for yeah. defense. And then they get told that like, hey, you need to like keep it locked up because you're about to go right back out there. And like, if you have to keep doing that, your the effectiveness of your defense goes down over the course of the game. We talked yeah. about it the other week, I think, right? Which was you know the best defense is a good run game, and Rams currently have absolutely no run game. They don't have much of an offense. Like they're, I think statistically, their offense is like it's it's getting in like the bottom five right now. If they're not, I, I believe not the, bo- the bottom three. So it's it's really bad. And I think in the past few games, they haven't really scored more than like what seventeen or twenty points. Yeah, and so, I think uh, I saw this stat. I can't remember what the exact um, statistic you know uh, was called, but it was something like scoring opportunities, like. Like, oh, yeah. you know, if uh-huh. once you once you move the ball enough to be in a scoring opportunity, uh, scoring opportunity, I think the Rams are at the bottom of the league with like less, I think, about three scoring opportunities a game. Oh, geez. That, yeah, that's really that's really low because that means like you can only at most get 21 points. And, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, yeah, at most get 21 points. Right. And so Which is bad. And then like where are the opposite? I remember we used to have our own offensive struggle. So I actually I mean, I feel for the Rams, but I mean, it is kind of what it is. Y'all y'all threw all these picks. For Matthew Stafford and all these people, they—it's just like the Cardinals. You have all this talent, but like now you're not executing on the offense and stuff like that. So, it, yeah, I mean, hope that ring feels good on the finger. Probably does. Um, yeah. But this is this is what you signed up for, and you're just gonna have to deal with it, I guess, right? <sighs> yeah, pretty much. So, time I think to that's get all... into around the league. Yeah, let's go around the league. First story I saw: Dan Snyder exploring the sale of a team, whether it being the whole team or a minority share. What are your thoughts? I mean, feds are involved now too. So <laughs> I, I really just want Dan Snyder to go to jail at this point for like all this stuff. Like there's, there's enough 30 for thirties, if not like documentaries over the whole thing. And he's literally trying to like find all the loopholes possible to keep himself out of jail. So that's why he's trying to sell the team too. Um, I, and I think there's even, um, I think on black enterprise, they were talking about, uh, I forgot the man's name, uh, but they were talking about this, um, one guy trying to get the he's tr- he's actually trying to like work the money up to acquire the commanders. I forgot forgot his name, but um, I think he's like a oh, he's a C if not a CEO, he's a director somewhere. Um, but I'm trying to have more black owners in the league too, so we'll see what happens. But again, it's the owners' league, so they'll they'll do stuff to make it to where that won't happen because we've had stuff over the years where people were trying to get the Panthers when they were on sale. I think it was like a lot of a lot of like. NBA players or whoever were all trying to get together to try to get that one team, but it just didn't fall through. So either way, um, Dan Snyder is just like a stain in the league. And, you know, I, Jim Ursa even said it himself, like, you know, just, let's just, I, I think the the league will be a better place without Dan Snyder. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a boys club at that point, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the, that's the, um, I think that's the thing that's holding it back is that you have that. I think the owners have to vote on the sale of a team to another yep. owner, and so yep. I don't know what the, uh, the the dividing line is. But you know, when that's the case, then you know everybody's kind of looking at it as and like, what's in it for me? I think yep. the name that's being thrown around right now primarily is Jeff Bezos. 
which really? makes which makes sense because he's the richest dude in the world. So anytime there's anything big for sale, his name's gonna get thrown in. Oh, just because he has the money, but I don't think he owns the Washington Post too, and maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some. Yeah, I've seen certain things he's been owning and stuff like that. Um, anytime, anytime there's a big name team that's up for sale, like even if it's soccer or something like that, Jeff Bezos's or Elon Musk's name gets thrown around. Hmm. Um, um. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that you know if I mean Dan Snyder has had enough shit done. <laughs> Where it just seems like a you're reading off a laundry list of bad shit. So, so at that point, it's just kind of like time to move on because you know the owners do have a lot of say of what happens in the league. It's not like a, a silent ownership, right? You look yeah. at owners around the league. You have guys like Jerry Jones who are very vocal and that kind of thing. Oh, I got the name. So black media mogul Byron Allen is preparing a bid to buy the Washington Commanders. So it's Byron Allen. I just want to put that out there. What's His he on? Quest to, quest to become the NFL's uh first black uh black owner because he also so this is byron allen he's in black media uh so let me i can you know i will do this i'll do my due diligence if you can let me give me a little bit of the time just to say who byron allen is because he's actually tried to buy the um the denver broncos before when they were up for sale. yeah i was going to say oh the denver yeah yeah because that, that was, he was, he was in, his name was in the bid for that uh ownership too before the walton family came in on it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah. he because he's over the um let me see. He is the, I'm trying to just see his big thing here. Yeah, he's the founder of the U.S. entertainment company, Entertainment Studios, which includes the Weather Channel, among others. He's a television producer, philanthropist, comedian, his younger years and stuff like that. So he, he's he been in the, like in, in the media. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. Because Entertainment Studios has the Weather Channel, NBC Universal, Bang Capital, and Blackstone Incorporated. Um, he even partnered like with Fox Sports Network and Walt Disney Company on some other stuff. Uh, and he in February of this year, uh, he made a bid to buy the Denver Broncos, but he was outbid by S. Robin uh, Robson Walton, which I think he is the current owner, I believe. So yeah, 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 from the Walmart family. So he got outbid. So he's trying to he's making another bid again for the Washington Commanders. We'll see what happens. And I think they said uh, so. This is from Black Enterprises, their uh, Instagram. Uh, so they said their other contenders are Jay-Z and Amazon founder Jeff Bezos reportedly seek partnership to also purchase the NFL's Washington Commander. So there you go with Jeff Bezos and then Jay-Z's mm-hmm. in the mix too. It's kind of weird that Jay-Z is in the mix. <laughs> Just kind of see his name pop up in ownership groups all the hey, time like I it was mean, with Brooklyn. You- if I was a billionaire, I'm just, I, I don't want to be a billionaire. Um, I have my reasons why I'd rather be a millionaire than a billionaire. But if I had that type of money, I would try to go for a football, an NFL team too. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And professional oh. sports at that point is it, it's like toys for for people that are that rich. Basically. That's why Jerry Jones is so involved with his. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Jones. Uh, you know Jerry's world, as they call it over there, over in Arlington. But uh, uh, the short of it is, he's 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 really good at bit. So Jerry, just for short, he's good at business. He's just not good at being a GM for the team, and so that's like a whole other thing right there. So. Yeah, I mean, we talked about he, that they, before too. So yeah, they they would uh, the 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 moral of that story is is that I mean they had their successful years early '90s with Jimmy Johnson and you know the idea the uh, they could have it wasn't because of him it was because of Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that to that was the uh, the ego battle, right? Because Jerry Jones was like, uh, you know, any coach that would be any coach that would be at the Cowboys would win with the roster that I've put together. Meanwhile, Jimmy Johnson was like. All right. Well, guess you don't need me. I mean, I think they won another Super Bowl after that. 
And yeah. I think that might have just been hangover from the roster and that kind of thing. Basically, it was the but, roster previous. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, after that, you know, the rest is history. I don't think they've been to a Super Bowl since. And this is the reason, like, why I hate Cowboys fans, even to this day, because every season it's a Super Bowl year for them. They keep saying Super Bowl this, Super Bowl that, but, like, oh, my gosh, it never ends. Yeah, well, they got reason to believe this year, too, because they're sitting at six and two, but <laughs> anything can happen once the playoffs come around. Basically, basically. Um, moving on, Jeff Saturday, he was named head coach of the Colts. Frank Reich, the longtime coach, uh, mm-hmm. was fired. He's uh, Jeff Saturday has been named the head coach, the interim head coach, until the off season, I think, until which you know the the Colts will reevaluate what what they want to do moving forward. And um, Jeff Saturday, for those that don't know, was the center for Peyton Manning when he was there. Yeah, very loved. You know, longtime Colts, lifelong Colts. Um, what are your thoughts on on that? On that decision. Um, so, so Jeff Saturday, it, it, it to me doesn't make sense that um, you have a guy that has like no NFL coaching ability at, well, excuse me, at no, not ability, excuse me, no NFL coaching experience. He's been, I think, a high school, a high school uh, football coach at like some private Christian school or something like that. Yeah, somewhere in, in Georgia. And I don't think yeah. he even had, he had- Losing record too, I think. Yeah, it was like five, like two and seven or something like that. Ridiculous. Like, I'm not trying to like you know use that against them. But at the same time, it's like you have a lot of other black assistant coaches and even other not even like you know other minority coaches outside of that assistant coaches and whatnot that have been in the league for years, if not decades, that deserve a chance at that position. But the Colts and how they run things, like with Jim Irsay, it's kind of like an some it's it's also in house, especially like oh, if we can get someone that's like a beloved Colts, you know, as a head coach and stuff like that. Da 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 da. Because he even um, they were talking. Uh, he had a press conference, I think, over it too, and it was like people are saying it was like one of the funniest or whatever press conferences. But like he was just basically saying like, yeah, he he can do it, this and that. But again, he's an interim head coach. But I I highly doubt they're gonna like switch from him unless they go someone internal. Because I'm looking at like even on like the coaching staff within the Colts that maybe need to have a chance at head coach. It's just weird to do this, and I don't know when they called him up. Like, hey Jeff, uh, you know, we, watching we, the I, game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Frank Reich ain't really doing it for us. And I know you've been watching Colts game because we were, you know, we just had a dinner at a very nice fancy restaurant the other day. Um, you know, it's, we, we just want you to come in, you know, be an interim head coach. Uh, it says interim, but we're going to obviously make you the head coach because everyone in the Colts fandom loves you. Right. So mm-hmm. we'll see well, how, like what happens with that though. That's just a weird coaching move. In my opinion, there's other coaches. I feel like that deserve that position within the Colts, um, coaching staff. Cause I think like whenever you have an interim head coach, you're just bringing someone within, uh, up to that post until the off season. So we'll see what happens in the off season. So, um, uh, that's like my own thoughts on it, but I'm gonna wait and see what they do postseason right now. Yeah, and with with that, it, it, it it's just weird. I think that's the only way you can describe it. Yeah, it was um, weird. It's a uh, so last week, right? I think last week Frank Reich fires his offensive coordinator. Yep. And basically saying, well, the offensive coordinator. I think I saw the article again. Offensive coordinator had nothing to do. He had used like quality control, but he didn't actually call called plays out there. I think Frank Reich was calling the plays the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so he fired the offensive coordinator, you know, as kind of like a fall guy saying like, if, okay, he's gone now, like we're going to turn this season around. Then the right. very next week he gets fired. So it just makes, it puts more egg on his face. Right. 
Yeah, like, I, I don't. It's weird because now, like, because a lot of people were saying was Matt Ryan the reason and stuff like that, but now it looks like it's like Matt Ryan was just working with what he was given, which was like it was peanuts and like leftovers, and he was kind of making a decent stand with what he's doing. So, like, was it really Matt Ryan's fault for the Colts' offense being the way it is? Like, no, I. You can't really put the whole offense on the quarterback because, I mean, all quarterbacks are not built the same. But at the same time, like, it all goes with the head coach and their offensive coordinator and how they – and their quarterback coach and how they work with their starter. So mm-hmm. that's just my thing. And stuff was going to have to – basically, like, the Colts are going to have to do – I think after this season, if not next season, they're go- they're basically going to be in rebuild mode because they've, they've had their window open for so long just without a quarterback. So they chose the route of free agency or trades. I could see them moving on a lot of pieces like DeForest Buckner and, like, those kind of pieces that – you know, maybe they can get more capital and try to rebuild the roster type of thing because I think yeah. that's where they are at this point. This the the signing of Jeff Saturday. You know, it's hard getting. You're not going to get another coach from another team in the middle of the season. That's not how. This is not how it works. Like with right. Steve Wilkes is Steve Wilkes is the um, interim coach over there in Carolina right now because he's already on the coaching staff. Usually, you promote with from within, like you said. So with regards to getting assistance from other teams, like you're not going to get that until the off season. And that's why you give Jeff Saturday the interim title, right? just mm-hmm. like you give Steve Wilkes. It's just weird because like there's other coaches that are probably just like sitting on their butts at home that have been around, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you could use this interim period as sort of like an internship, right? Like where if you bring in a new coach that maybe you were thinking about hiring yeah. know, under the interim title, give him a run of games. If he goes, you know, six and two, five and three, then you're like, all right, maybe this guy can work some work something with, with the team. Putting in Jeff Saturday is just more of a it just it just shows ineptitude on the the front office side because you know this, this Frank Reich didn't get bad all, overnight the the Colts didn't get bad yeah. overnight they've been bad all season and yeah. then, you know that starts with you know not being able like I mean maybe you can say that it's because Jonathan Taylor hasn't been healthy or that kind of thing but it just it doesn't seem like they have like a general direction in which they want to go or they have any sort of foresight so they bring in Jeff Saturday you know he's a He's a franchise legend. He's got his name in the Ring of Honor. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, bring him in as the uh, the hometown hero. Hope that he can drive the team for the rest of the season. Right. And you know, if he if he doesn't, then you know it's okay because he's your boy. It's like the, it's like the Steelers whenever like the memes that we'd see whenever Mitch Trubisky throws a pick versus when Kenny Pickett throws a pick. Right? It's just like yeah. he's our boy. Oh, <laughs> like that kind Aww. of thing. <laughs> but. Yeah. Like, and one thing you did say real quick was like, you know, they might let DeForest Buckner go because he is also on their contract gear. Um, he counts for 16 million against their cap number. That's second to Matt Ryan right now, which. Do they owe so much fucking money to quarterback? It's just so much ineptitude. in the front Well, office. yeah, because they benched, they really benched Matt Ryan. A lot of people are saying it's injury. Like, no, you, no, they hundred percent benched him. Yeah. Because it's, it doesn't take like a, well, um, granted he has that, you know, rotator cuff, I think injury in his shoulder, in his throwing shoulder and stuff. But even that isn't because people are saying he's going to be back when he's healthy. I'm like, no, they benched him. They even talked about it. And they traded away Naeem Hines. Like, right. And they even traded away their, like their second, their second, uh, or no, they're like part of their one-two punch, uh, and yeah, and Hines, and he's gone now. And then even like Pat McAfee was kind of pissed. He even actually had to talk with the Bills uh, owner, he had the, the Bills GM. GM. He had the GM on the game on the. What's on his the name? Show. Something Sean Bean or something? Not Sean Bean. That's the guy that plays <laughs> Ned Stark. But it's something right. Bean. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I didn't get to see that yet, but like, I know he went and talked to him. Like, well, why'd you he's take? Straight it? Up, <laughs> why he, was he that trade? 
He straight up said, "Fuck you for taking Naeem Hines." <laughs> yeah. But again, that's on the that's on the Colts like front office with that, right? And then like they bench Matt Ryan, although this season and next season he's fully guaranteed. It's like what a total of forty two million or something like that. So like they still owe be- Carson Wentz money, like. Is he still? Is Carson Wentz still on? I don't see. Like, well, I'm on over the cap right now. I don't see him on um, on dead money right now. Oh, maybe not because he was traded. But I don't know if um, part of his guaranteed salary it was is still. No, I'm just looking at their. I'm looking at their top dead money. Their top dead money is Hines after the trade, and then next is uh, T. Y. Hilton. So, um, but at three and two million a piece. So a lot of stuff is going to like open up. Like they have to make some decisions and choices after this season in terms of what to do. Like they need to go out and just draft a quarterback or they already did. Um, So they need to see what Ellinger can do for them now for the rest of the season, which I think he's hopeful. It's just, I don't think he's ready. That's the only thing. Don't do what, don't do what they did to Andrew Luck, put an offensive line in front of him, give him a platform on which he can grow because you know, if without an offensive line, they do have an offensive line now, like with Quentin Nelson and the rest on that line, they just didn't have it at Andrew Luck's. Quentin Nelson's been a weird one though. It seems like he signed his money and then he's just been terrible this this season, hasn't he? I mean, like what can you do? The whole offense has been terrible at this point. Am I going to blame it on Quentin Nelson as like the reason why? Like, yeah, you can't have him as your fall guy. It's just, it's if, if, if one of the gears aren't turning, all the gears aren't turning. You can't just blame it on one person. Right. Like you said, it's their ineptitude or their inability to go in and get like, well, they went and got like several quarterbacks in like the past five years alone. And like all of them have failed. So at this point, you have to develop a quarterback. I don't know who else you're going to get like, at this point. You can keep in going to get other vets. Like maybe they go and get if we let you know, Drew they're Locke always go. going after afterthoughts. And that's the thing. It's not like they went and got like an Aaron Rodgers type of vet, right? They're getting Carson Wentz. They're getting Matt Ryan. They're getting Jacoby Brissett. They're getting Nick Foles. Like, you know, who are these guys that you think they're going to suddenly suddenly turn it up on this on this team, you, right? You can only give so many picks up for a quarterback over the, the case of five seasons, right? Just to go and like try something. Huh? They gave up a lot for Carson Wentz. Yeah, and like it that was I don't know, like I don't I truly don't understand why Carson Wentz got that second chance there because that he cost them a playoff season. <laughs> oh yeah. He, oh. he he single-handedly he single left-handedly threw away many games, multiple games. I'm just looking up there like they're like the Colts draft picks. This is just it's just interesting to see like what they have going for the rest yeah, of the season. Oh, we know that we know their season is a wash, right? So like mm-hmm. uh, go ahead, rattle off who they who have. They got. So after the like the the Heinz trade, they have a one, a two, a four, five, six, and two sevens. The six and their that that six in the first seven is from uh, Buffalo and Tampa Bay. So they only they they do have a first round and second round pick. I don't know if they're gonna just. I think they're gonna just probably like take their time with Ellinger and because they have they have Matt Ryan, so they're they're obviously just gonna get stuff for like the whole team. They might even yeah. go after an edge player because they're gonna probably let Buckner go because all the money they're putting into QB right now with Matt Ryan. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and you got other pieces there too. Like I think Shaq Leonard is probably another piece that they might consider moving on. He's a young linebacker. He's probably one of the best off-ball safe, uh, linebackers in the league right now. So, yep. yep. Um, he he just hasn't been healthy, and that can probably be attributed to some of the um, defensive struggles that they've been having as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with the Colts, but at this point, like their window is practically shut at this point with what they've done this season. To in my opinion, so they just need to reload, I guess, before going yeah. into a rebuild. 
I would take it further and say they shut their own damn window by how many bad moves they've made in succession over the last few years. That's all I'm getting say in the front office. So getting getting DeForest Buckner was a good move, and now he's gonna have to be moved on or something. Him or Shaq Leonard, just so that they can. Retool, I think they're gonna keep pieces. Shaq Leonard and let Buckner go because this is Buckner's uh, cur- contract uh, year. Contract year is it also Leonard's contract? I'm not sure. I think he's still on a rookie deal, isn't he? Uh, there's Shaquille Leonard. He is no, he's still on a deal. Yeah, so they still have him. Uh, yeah, till when? I think they have them until. Oh wow! Now they they got them through. They have them through twenty twenty six. Oh, so they must have signed an extension on him. Yeah, they signed an extension because, like, by twenty twenty six, they have Leonard and Quentin Nelson still signed to the team. That's like the only two players they still have signed to twenty twenty six right now. If you go to over the cap right now, so they. So they're, they're going to probably let Buckner go and probably draft like an edge or something like that to replace that because why pay Buckner? Because you know he's going to ask for money um, when they have they have money tied up elsewhere. So we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, it's just you got you to gotta, you gotta accept the situation for what it is, right? It'd be and hard to be a Colts fan. That's all I got to say. It's going to be hard to be a lot of people's fans right now. Right. I mean, Maybe we, we've had the hard years already for like Seahawks where we're just like middling to like, I feel like we're over succeeding one season. And we haven't won just, a playoff game in a long damn time. I know. Right. So we'll hopefully we can get that um, those wins this season. I think we're going to go to the playoffs for sure. Um, oh, shoot. I did not talk about that real quick. If we can backtrack real quick on the Seahawks playoff chances. Um, speaking of playoffs, uh, I got like. I got some. Uh, I got my notes here. I got the stats. So you know, everyone loves I love like stats. Some nice stats. So I got stats for both <laughs> Geno Smith and the playoffs. Well, I'll start with Geno. Um, after this this game this week, Geno is still leading the NFL in completion percentages or com- completion percentage. He's six in yards per attempt. He's fourth in QBR and third in passer rating. Basically, he is a solid player right now. Um, and I actually even looked up the NFL play. So uh, over the cap has an NFL player evaluation, like for like on a per week basis. Um, and I think Geno Smith, I, I, it hasn't been updated for this past like game, but as of right now, his positional value is about like 41 million uh, at the moment. So like, I can see us giving him like a, uh, like basically like we got like a, a good deal on him right now this season with him, but I think we might try to sign him to like a two or three year deal, like forty million, and have most of it guaranteed, which isn't too bad. But we'll see what happens postseason. Um, yeah. And then uh, for the Seahawks and their playoff stuff. So after this week's game, Seahawks have an eighty nine point six percent chance of playoffs. Um, division title, we are at sixty five point five percent chance. Um, NFC chance, uh, NFC champs is at twenty seven point two percent right now. Uh, Super Bowl appearance is at 10.9%, and then Super Bowl win is at 5.1%, and that's six bets right now, which yeah. is half of 12. So just that's just an extra fact right there. <laughs> and uh, to give you perspective on the Super Bowl win odds right now, uh, in the top 10, we have um, Philly at 25.4%, Buffalo at 18.9%. Is this the win you said? Yeah, this is Super Bowl win odds, not Super Bowl appearance. Um, so if all these teams were in the Super Bowl, this is like their percentages of them winning. So Philly being the highest at 25.4%, uh, Buffalo at 18.9%, Dallas at 10.6%. I don't know how. Um, <laughs> Baltimore at 9.9%, uh, Kansas City Chiefs at 8.1%, and then that's where our Seah- uh, Seahawks at 51 
After that, it's Vikings at 3.5%, and then Bengals and Tampa Bay tie with 2.5%, and then the New York Jets at 2.4%. They're in the top 10 for Super Bowl win. How about them Jets? How about them Jets, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just wanted to uh, bring that back because I forgot to say that earlier. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens with, like, the playoffs and stuff like that. So. Yeah, let's uh, let's keep going around the league. Yep. We'll do one more story before we start looking at the. We'll come back to those playoff pictures because mm-hmm. uh, we're at that halfway point. So we want to take a look. Um, this is a this is a fun story that I saw today. So, so yeah, two drug com- so two concussion drug companies. Something that I did not even know existed. I thought it was just like that that magic water that Russ kept advertising when he was with the Seahawks that prevented him from getting concussions. Right. Apparently there are concussion drug companies out there, which apparently can do brain damage, but they are two drug companies backed by Brett Favre and enmeshed are enmeshed in a massive welfare fraud uh, case overstated, uh, overstated. I think I wrote this funny overstated their NFL connections and exaggerated the known effectiveness of their drugs during their efforts to raise money. Of course, so, because there's like when you have brain damage, it's it's more than it's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent like permanent. You can't just fix it. It's with irreparable. A drug. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm it's funny that I almost want to say a hundred percent, but I can't. I, that's an uncertainty factor, right? You, you got to give them the Lysol percentage, right? Ninety nine point nine percent disinfectant. Right. But the thing, the funny thing is, is that it's associated with Brett Favre, um, who is dealing with his own welfare fraud case. You know notable welfare fraud case you have these two companies that are basically you know fudging the numbers on how effective their drugs are at uh curing or you know treating people with concussions mm-hmm. in an effort to raise uh, in an effort to raise money so not to mention the, and not to mention the brett, same brett Favre that like you know media kind of forgot and they're not talking about it anymore at the moment you know he's still in the midst of the whole taking taxpayers money to help build something for his daughter at his house yeah so like you know that man i want him in jail <laughs> he should have actually been in jail because he had a lot of controversy and stuff around him that got swept under the rug while he was in the league there's like sexual like a yes. like a sexual yep assault or harassment harassment yeah him him roethlisberger peyton manning among others but a lot of them got swept under the rug and peyton manning had one privilege too? <laughs> peyton manning had one too yep I didn't know that that one. I know yep. Ben Roethlisberger is one for he sure. Put, uh, Peyton Manning put his member on, I think it was a trainer's face or something like that, if I recall, oh. <laughs> in his early years in the NFL league. And there was some other stuff, but again, swept under the swept rug. Swept under the rug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's First off, I think it's just funny that there's a concussion drug company. Like, I didn't, I didn't, that just sounds like a like a, a, a fake front kind of thing, right? I mean, and there's tech I'm, startups for almost every problem out there. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a concussion drug company. Yeah, and it's um it's just one of those things that uh, it's always it's just kind of funny to see Brett Favre being associated with something shady. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk, right? Yeah. All right, um, you want to go uh, look at our playoff picture picture and start looking at around uh, what, uh, what before looking? then. I got a little a uh, little clip because this happened during this um over the week or actually last week on Thursday after the trade, right? So Bradley Chubb got traded over to the Miami Dolphins. I don't think we had a chance to talk about it real quick. So he signed an extension for five years and a $110 million contract. Um, only 33.46 of it, 33.46 million is guaranteed. But uh, yeah, they, they said they, they got their uh, pass rusher, by the way. So 
I think that was a fantastic deal for Bradley Chubb that they worked out too. It seems like I think the average the average uh, amount he's due per year because he has a little bit left on his existing deal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think the I think the um, remaining amount is something along or like the average per year is like something like twenty five to twenty six million. Which yeah, this for, this season they're only paying I think I think the Miami Dolphins are only paying one point something million, but it's going to kick in next season at nineteen point four million base salary. So. Yeah, and so when you have when you have that kind of a situation, it's pretty solid. Like you know, they got their guy. This is their, but like Miami, like this is your season, right? Right now, like for all the Miami fans out there listening, this is your season to go to the Super Bowl right now because next season the defensive coordinators are going to start. Like I'm not saying they're going to completely stop, but like you know, just like they did with the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, um, it's going to happen to the Miami Dolphins next season. Like this is like your season where like they don't know what Tua's going to do because you know Tua's been you know, bad, you know, you have, you have Hill and Waddle out there and now you got Bradley Chubb. So the thing is for now, like, you know, this is your season, uh, Miami. Let's see what, see what you do with it. Yeah. When's Tua up? Uh, Tua is up. Um, is it this season coming up or after this season? No, no, no. He, he's still on his, wow. He, uh, he's due a contract next year. So ne- okay, so next year after, is a contract after, after next year. after next season because uh, he's uh, he's on their base salary for one point zero one million, but he, with how they're doing this season and depending on how they end, they may just sign into an extension after this season because after especially after what he's been through this season with the um, concussions and stuff, I am not about to play for the Miami Dolphins on a, a one million dollar deal. I want I want extension. <laughs> yeah, and you know you also from the Miami's perspective, you probably don't want the distraction of. Like do you re do you resign to it? It's kind of like the the Ravens aren't really talking about it, and everybody's just kind of going about their business. But it's kind of what the Lamar Jackson situation is in the background, right? Oh, they have to, yeah. Lamar, well, here's the thing: it's going to be more expensive for Tua because Lamar is after this season because he def, Lamar definitely said himself, "We're not talking about my contracts this season." Like during the season, I'm not going to put that drama out there because I'm still playing for the team while we're mm-hmm. doing it, right? So focus on football. So we'll see with that and Tua. And then Joe Burr, I think, is next season, too, if not. Yeah, he's next season. I think they well. got drafted the same year, right? Who? Oh, two and uh, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, and um, what's his name? Uh, Justin Herbert. Oh, they yeah. They all came yeah. in the same they're, draft. They're right? all next year. So and Jalen like, Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts came in that draft, too. Oh, my gosh. Is it is it going to be like a big like contracts? Oh, wow. So, yeah. Basically. Wow. So, wow. yeah. So, it's really like <laughs> this season alone. Yep. Yep, Jalen Hurts, two other, all in the same class. So basically, it's like after this one season, like this is like the season for all of these teams with those quarterbacks. Um, unfortunately, with Justin Herbert, it's like you, with Herbert, you're gonna have to like pull your team. But um, unless like every, if all these quarterbacks are like, you know what, let's not talk about extension, let's just go another season with it so we can keep things cheap. We'll mm-hmm. see. But Jalen Hurts is about to ask for some money, especially after going eight and zero or nine and zero so far. So yeah, know. especially yeah, especially after going. Eight, I think they're eight and zero. I think they had a buy. Yeah, yeah, they had a buy. So they're still eight. They're eight and zero. Um, but like after doing this with the with the Eagles, like you have to get like Jalen Hurts is going to ask for money. Um, yeah, it's it's going to happen. But like whoever he's got a good goes, team around him to to put that in place too. If you are an NFL team, you want to sign these players now though because it's going to get more expensive after each one gets signed. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's we'll see what happens. We'll see the, the, the first one. The first chip to fall is going to be Lamar. Yep, yep. Once Lamar sets the market, then you know Tua, Jalen Hurts, um, Justin yep. Herbert, you know they'll all follow. 
So, yeah, so basically big contract season next year. That's also why you've seen these teams like they obviously like loaded up because they know they got to pay these quarterbacks. So this is like they're like this and next season are like their last shot with like a cheap salary. So we'll yeah. see what happens. And with that, let's get into the 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 playoff uh, hunt. If you want to, I don't you know, if you whichever side you want to talk about real quick. Yeah, let's start with the AFC. So yeah. let's take a look at what what we have going on in the uh, NFL pay- playoff picture. Um, so teams that we got out there right now. So um, AFC picture is kind of shaping up how we expect it to be, aren't we? Isn't it? We got the Bills leading the AFC West. Mm-hmm. We got the Chiefs leading the AFC. Or sorry, the Bills leading the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Chiefs leading the AFC West. Ravens leading the AFC North. Titans leading the AFC South. And um, we have in our wild card spots, we got Jets, Dolphins, and Chargers. I think the I think the only surprise there is probably the Jets. Like. We kind of expected the other teams to be there, right? Yeah, because I oh we yeah yeah because we don't have the Jets on here. We actually have Jaguars. Jaguars are trying the they're tr- well with them being three and six right now in the AFC South. They're gonna have to like beat out the Colts and then they're gonna have to do the same thing. The Cardinals are gonna have to do. They're gonna have to win the majority win the of their games. games. Yeah, so basically, like so basically, I got it. Well, on my picks so far for the AFC uh, playoff picture, I had the Jags in there. And the Browns, which the Browns are kind of at a, almost, they're practically almost out of contention. They need, they basically need this next uh, win right now. But uh, Jags definitely not there for the AFC South, that's for sure. <laughs> no. I got so I, I had my picks were right on for at least so far for the the divisional leads. Mm-hmm. You know, I also I had Bills, Ravens, Titans, and Chiefs. I, in my wild card spots, I had Chargers, Bengals, and Dolphins. And Bengals is the only one that's kind of off. They're on the bubble, but yeah, they, it's, they're it's on not the looking good. The Patriots, so it's just they gotta win out. That's all, you know, just winning out. Because they're even they're even lower than the um, the Jets or the Jaguars, aren't they? They're, are they at two and two and seven? Who? The uh, Bengals? No, Bengals are five and four. Oh, five and four. Who was I looking at? Uh, I think I was looking at the. I don't know who I was looking at. I think I was looking at. Yeah, because Jaguars else. are three and six, so they're kind of like. Out of oh, practically out of contention unless they can like beat the teams and beat out all the rest of their teams in their season. Which um right now, Jags were looking like a contender for a second. At least they improved. To me, I see improvement with the Jaguars, but I don't think they're a playoff team this season. Not yet. Yeah, maybe not yet. Um, Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals and Patriots are both one game behind. Um, Charger or they they have the same record as the Chargers. Who? Well, the Chargers, Patriots, and Bengals all have five wins. It's just that Chargers have had a bye week, so that's why they're they're sitting at five and three, while Patriots and Bengals are sitting at five and four. And Jets, think, isn't Jets it also and, because of like the interdivisional like games too that kind of affected them as well? Yeah, that might have been it. And then the Jets and Dolphins are sitting at six and three, which is only just one game ahead. Because so. I think that both the Jets and the Dolphins beat the Patriots, right? Yeah. I, believe, I know I the Jets so. got the Patriots, I thought. so. Who else is in the AFC South? Is there anybody knocking on Titans' door? They got the Texans. They got uh, Jaguars. Texans, Texans just look good with Pierce at their running back. So besides that, the Texans are still in a – they're at the bottom, so they're not They're not going to knock on the door. They're at 1-6-1, one and six and one, so they're not They're not. In they're not getting there. But is uh, are Colts the other team in that division? And the uh, Jaguars. Yeah, and so I don't think anybody's catching up to the Titans. Titans yeah. have a two-game lead on those two teams, and um, the Titans. Though, but it's it's so weird because I know they lost to the Chiefs, but the Titans 
we'll talk about their game, but like Malik Willis is not ready. They need Ryan Tannehill to go get those wins, <laughs> but we'll talk about that game more. But like, they just don't like, if they went with Malik Willis in the playoffs today, they're about to just lose. Like, yeah, cause well, we can lose. talk about it right now too. Cause like Malik Willis's situation is, is kind of shitty for a young quarterback to come into that situation where mid season, you have to come in for an injured, you know, starting quarterback change mm-hmm. of change of scheme you're still getting acclimated and you know mike Vrabel is probably one of the best coaches in the league i i've called him like the second coming of bill belichick in terms of his philosophy and how he how he game plans for games and stuff like that oh yeah it's he it, it just looks like a he, he looks like a spitting image in, in terms of like how he um plans for for these games because that chiefs and that chiefs and the titans game i mean it was close for 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 how bad Malik Willis was playing, how bad the receiver the receivers room is for the Titans right now, like that, that game was pretty close up until the very end, and they you don't cannot, that doesn't just happen. They cannot lean on Derrick Henry like they did in the past like few years because Derrick Henry, like I can even tell that like they're trying to like pace Derrick Henry a little bit. Like we're not trying to run Put him you on out a pitch count or something game. like that. Yeah, we're not trying to run you out in this one game because like right now we're we're really good and we're gonna definitely need you in the playoffs, right? And yeah. I think the other running back for the Titans is Deontay Foreman, and he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. It's just that like they don't really have like the one-two or one-two-three punch of running backs uh, for them to be running the ball because it was this game and the Houston Texans game that they just said, "Yeah, what is what is passing? We're just going to run the ball." Yeah, and so, Malik Willis in this game, he was like five for sixteen. Like he, it was bad. Like I was, he really, took some bad sacks too, some coverage was, sacks. It was just so. But the thing is. Titans in their past games with the Chiefs have beaten the Chiefs before. And honestly, like they were winning the game. But the thing is, like, th- there was no offense. Your their defense was doing the most and going after the Chiefs. And they the defense did their thing, but the injuries started racking up because of the type of defense that they were running. And the only bad thing about it is you cannot have a top-tier defense and have a milk toast offense. Yeah. If the offense has to be the offense has to be productive, and they and they were not productive last night. I think the only time they were productive was when they Derrick Henry was on the field, and you know, in the first half especially, I think he had nine rushes for like ninety yards or something like that with a touchdown. Like, yep, yep. It says they have him on a pitch count. And maybe they're trying to save his legs for the playoffs, kind of thing. Maybe yeah, they're dude. playing chess and we're playing checkers, kind of thing, because they yeah. know like their division, right? Their division is the Colts, Jaguars, and um, they have the division. Texas. They have the division locked down. That's the thing. So that's like basically that game was the litmus test for the Titans, mm-hmm. like the Jets were for the Bills. I mean, like they 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 were on a streak, right? Like we can't discount the fact that they were on a win streak. They started off zero and two, and then they won yeah. five straight, and then they lost last night yeah, or so, two nights ago. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. No, no, it was it was uh, they were Monday, right? Weren't they or Sunday? Monday was uh, Saint Saints. Uh, yeah, they were Sunday Ravens. night. So yeah, two yeah. nights ago. So I said last night earlier, but um, yeah. So like Titans, I think they have it. They have the AFC South. It's just that, like, you don't want to run your best running back into the ground. Like, I know, like, after a while, they had to pull, pull him because, like, the game, like, the week before, they were in Houston, and King Henry had like what two hundred nineteen or two hundred eighteen yeah, yards. Yeah, it looked, it looked like he returned, right? Right. So, like, my thing is, he can't keep that pace up for every single game, especially he's when leading he, like, the leagues in yards and in rushing yards right now. I think he's like oh, the yeah, league's yeah, leading yeah. rusher. For yeah, sure. So, like, he's, even on a pitch count. Yeah, even on the pitch count, he's effective. The only thing is, like, you just can't put him out there the whole game. Else, you want to like, at least until the playoffs. Because oh, yeah. if if they if they got him for the playoffs, you, you know they put him down out there for damn thirty plays and just yeah. Because they, they 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 got it. Like they got Mike. The reason why I say Mike Vrabel, one of the reasons I say Mike Vrabel is a second coming of Bill Belichick, is because all Mike Vrabel gives a shit about is winning. 
It, yeah. uh, like he'll do whatever he has to do with the personnel that he has to win whatever he win a game, right? And the reason why they run so much is because they have one of the best running backs of all time. We can say, and they Derek will run Henry. the ball, and that's the thing. They did run the ball, like they say, like well, if we can't pass, we're gonna run the ball. And my thing is cool, but it's like you gotta have like, something else behind it. I think is if Ryan Tannehill is out and Malik Willis has already given you like he, I think in the Houston Texas game, he only had like what fifty five yards or something like that. Yeah, besides rushing, and he yeah. every time he gets out to pass, and I've seen this even in um when he was at Liberty, he'll like okay, let, let all right here we go, snap the ball, I'm out, and then I just run, and it's like you can't do that for every single. It, it reminds me of like having that 67 or 68 overall like scrambler QB on Madden or something like that. Like they're always going to just run the ball because they don't have the aptitude yet to mm-hmm. throw it down the field or something like that. But he just needs more time. Do you think that he can develop, like, uh, if as Malik Willis shown you, like, he's not qualities? Ready. He's not ready this season at all. Like, no, I mean, ready. but has he shown you qualities to give you hope that he can turn yeah. into that guy? He's got legs. So, like, in terms of, like, Justin Fields and stuff, like, he has legs and stuff like that, but he doesn't, like, the ability to throw. Like, this is even, like, in uh, draft, even from, like, the draft and how people scouted him. He's just, mm-hmm. he's raw. Like, he's a raw athletic talent right now. He just needs to work on his fundamentals some more, and he'll be good. I, I just don't think he need he didn't need to start this year. I would have just brought a veteran for those two games instead. They could have beat the Chiefs. <laughs> they could have. That's what it came like. Uh, um, Patrick Mahomes had to throw the ball sixty eight times to 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 get the, the points needed to win that. But that's game. Patrick Mahomes. Not everyone can be a Patrick Mahomes. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is that as much as as much as we are saying that the the Titans are a run first type of team. The Chiefs are equally a pass-first kind of team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there, I, there, there is no semblance of a doubt. I mean, I think, I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was he was getting going early on in the season, but they've kind of reverted to type, which is you know if if the going gets tough, like give ball, give the ball to Patrick and just let him throw it as many times. If he, you know, if you if you if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right, and that's how I see like with the Patriots, you have the Belichick system, and everyone knows about the Belichick system at this point in terms of how the defense runs and the offense runs, and no matter what quarterback is in there, Chiefs have a passing system around Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes isn't there, obviously it changes, right? But they have a they have a passing game system, so you are correct on that. And then Titans have the run game system, and then well, they just say run first, always run first. 49ers as a team they're like we don't care what running back we have we just have this run this crazy run game screen uh, uh scheme from Kyle Shanahan mm. so yeah for the Chiefs they, they can definitely pass the ball all game long the only, only issue is like man Titans really needed a quarterback that night and they didn't have it yeah and it, it, it was they needed that and a receivers room and I think if we're if we're gonna we're going to talk about that. Then um, AJ Brown was having a field day on Twitter while that game was going on. Do you see him tweeting? I didn't see him. I didn't see the tweets, but he had every right to tweet because they he's like, none of these damn receivers are open. And then like he, he, he retweeted himself. He quote tweeted himself and he said, still none of the damn receivers are open and laughing his ass off emojis kind of yeah. things. Um, I mean, I, th- I feel like that was kind of an interesting breakup. Um, yeah, well, that's okay. So that's, so there's like a, um, there is a video I think I sent to you. Uh, I know you haven't seen it yet, but there's like three NFL teams regretting their first round pick for the Titans. It's that pick on Traylon Burks. Nothing against Traylon Burks as a receiver. It's just that how do you trade off AJ Brown and then you want to go get AJ Brown's replacement all in one draft? Like that could have been done somewhere else. You, you, you could have put that first pick somewhere else. I understand. Like why then why trade AJ Brown in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Usually, I mean, you want to pay him, but you do that in a situation where you have a good number two already. 
and their number two last year was an injured Julio Jones. Or maybe, I think, was it no, two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. But, like, that's what I'm saying. This past season, they didn't have Julio. That's the thing. That's yeah. they tra- That they traded off A.J. Like, here's my thing. They didn't want to pay A.J. Brown. And I didn't understand that because to be a good team, you're going to have to pay people. Of course, all NFL people or NFL teams would love to have everyone on a million-dollar contract for one, for one year and then just keep doing that every year. But you can't do it. You have to pay your players. Same with Seahawks. With Russell Wilson back then, whether you like it or not, we had to pay him or like at that point in time, he would have gone and we would have been really bad at that time, um, especially with other teams. So that's like what that's like their mess up in that part, because you get you get their A.J. Brown replacement because we didn't want to pay A.J. Brown. That's literally all they were saying with that whole pick. And it was any, bad because he was injured that game. <laughs> speaking of like rookie receivers that came into the league, any any receivers stick out to you this year? There's George Pickens. There's Drake London. Chris Olave. Has um, Olave been playing well for the Saints? Yeah, he's been doing. He's been getting a good because uh, uh, Jarvis Michael Landry Thomas and Michael Thomas. Michael yeah. Thomas has not played a snap. I think this season and yes. Jarvis Landry has been. Michael has Thomas he? has played this season. He's played and um, he had the toe injury and stuff like that. He was playing for like the past like three or four weeks. I believe. Who's a guy that uh, Dotson? I think that Dotson, Dotson guy from the Ravens. Or sorry, uh, there's Dotson. Docs, no, the Dotson. Because there's like. Mm-hmm. There's a Christian Dotson on the Packers, and he's been he's supposed to Christian be like the Watkins dog. is on the Packers. It's Watkins. I is it Watkins? Yeah, these yeah. all have similar looks. Yeah, Dotson yeah, then, is on the Commanders. Uh, Dotson's on the Commanders. He's been doing really good. Yeah, Commanders. Um, that's what it was. And then there's Isaiah Lefty, who is supposed to be heralded as like a good receiver. He didn't do much last night, I think, but um, yeah. he, he had a touchdown. But I think it was just like one reception um, or two. There's Garrett Wilson on the Jets. He's been decent. He's been giving them a good amount of um, production and stuff. It's dependent on their quarterback play. And because that, that was like all the receivers that went in the first round was like Olave, uh, who was the other one? Uh, Garrett Wilson and all of them. Oh, Jameson, uh, for the um, the Detroit Lions is still out. He might come back on this season, but at this point, with where the Lions are, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even bring him back, just let him let him get healed up and stuff like that. There's no point in putting him out there and risk of injury for a losing season. So, mm-hmm. um, who and I think that's like oh, Jameson Williams, that's his full name. Um, but yeah, that's like so. Like Chris Olave has been really good. I have him on. I have him on fantasy. He's been doing a lot better than because I have both him and I have uh, I think not Garrett Wilson because it's on my NFL. I'm just pulling it up right now because I just love talking about my fantasy team, which we did win. But yeah, Chris Olave and oh Drake London with yeah, yeah uh, Drake London. Uh, with the Falcons. He's been um okay. <laughs> uh, it's because the Falcons right now are um the falcons right now are in like a flurry of like they're trying to be a run first team but like inefficiently a run first team Mm -hmm. uh because even when they're losing they still want to run the ball (laughs) which is funny Um, well they got algiers who's been playing pretty well now they got cordell patterson back this week yeah but i'm saying even before cordell patterson came back they were literally just running the ball all the damn time yeah Yeah, i think marcus Mariota was only throwing like less than 15 passes a game yeah so that's like the issue with the falcons so this is more of an offensive scheme thing that's affecting drake london right now but hopefully they can have a good second half of the season as Mm -hmm. it opens up but he's a big target for them so i think he'll, he'll he'll get his touches yeah, he had at the very least because there was like one game where he only got one target and one catch, and then like this past game he had seven targets, so average of like five or six targets a game so far. But we'll see. That's it in terms of like the um, rookie receivers, anyway. That uh, uh, that have been good for. I think didn't we pick up uh, Derek Young? 
um, for the Seahawks. Derek Young. Yeah. We drafted him, but he's yeah, more yeah. of a special teams or for us. Right. So like, he yeah, he's actually been really solid for us on special teams. Of course. So, yeah. Okay. If you can be, if you can be effective on special teams, you will have a role on the team and then it'll move into like offense. So if you can't even contribute mm-hmm. to special teams, you get kicked out and that's yeah. any NFL team. So, uh, so let's, uh, so we talked about AFC right there. So the NFC, um, playoff spot real quick is you have Eagles at number one, eight and no, um, Vikings at two at seven and one, which is like, that's still crazy to believe that they're seven and one right now. But I also believe like, it's weird with the Vikings, but like this, I feel like it's either like right now it's either like Super Bowl or bust this season. Cause I don't know what's going to happen to them post season right now. Um, but yeah, they're seven and one. Then our Seahawks at three with six and three go Hawks. Uh, and <laughs> then underneath them is the Bucks, who, cause one Seahawks are number one or first in NFC West Bucks are first in NFC South, which is just open, but they're four and five. <laughs> that, that tells you all you need to know about the NFC South right now. Cowboys are all, they're second in the NFC East. I can't wait for the second Eagles and Cowboys game to happen. Um, but uh, they're six and two. Giants are third in the NFC East, but they're definitely like they have they, like both Cowboys and Giants are in the wild card spots, which is crazy that the NFC least is now like, nah, we're the best or something like that. NFC so, beast. Yeah, NFC beasts now. And then seven is the 49ers, who uh, I think they can hold that wild card spot, especially with uh, CMC in the backfield and stuff, because after that, it's just. You have Atlanta on the bubble and Washington Commanders are on the bubble. They're both four and five, uh, which I, it's so funny that you can have almost all of the NFC East teams in there, but it depends on what happens with the 49ers and the Falcons above the Commanders. Rams yeah, are at three and five right now. So A lot of those three-win teams that are sitting there in the NFC West, you, you don't really have a lot of hope for them. Like the Rams, you don't really have a lot of hope for. Saints, I don't think they're going to figure themselves out in time for... Rams have a chance. The Rams have a chance, but it's just with the uh, Cardinals got swept by us. So that's why they barely have a chance now. Um, Rams, I don't think they've lost twice to anyone in the NFC West yet. So we'll see what happens. Like, they basically need to, like, win their next game, else it's going to be a lot of, like, you're not in playoff contention anymore. That's why they're, like, the third of the teams on the bubble. Um, after that, you got the Saints at 3-6, and six, which, unfortunately, Saints, y'all got to figure out your quarterback situation at this point. Um, Packers are at the three and six, and can you picture yeah, like a Packers are. not going to the check, playoffs? Check on check on a Packers fan if you haven't. Uh, I, oh, I have. I have a frat brother who I met. I definitely like. I texted him. I said, "Hey, man." He was like, "He's." He was talking about like I'm watching the Milwaukee Bucks now on NBA NBA <laughs> season because they're like I like, think they're projected number one or whatever yeah. in their division. And I'm just like. Hey man, it's okay. You just need to go get receivers or something. He was like, "Shut up, <laughs> shut up." <laughs> oh, There's man, a lot of three wins teams. You know, we got the Packers, the Cardinals, who we talked about. Bears. I mean, Bears had a good loss this week, if that's such a thing. Yeah, this week. I my only thing on the Bears, which well, let's let's complete this, and because I I do have thoughts on the Bears with Justin Fields. So the Bears are three and six. They're third in the NFC North. I feel like the NFC North is who's at the top. That would be the Vikings. The Vikings. No one's you, catching up to them. You can't catch up to the. You can, you're not going to get them uh, at, at you, number one. You can best, try to go for a wild card spot, but you got to be winning out. Like all the put, three to, win teams got to win out. To put it in perspective, yeah, all the three win teams have to win out for in that division, and the and the Vikings have to go four and four. 
because you know i think they got yeah. nine games remaining or no they have to go like four and five or you know something like that yeah or just lose the rest of the season right that would and, be you funny. know that's that would be such a Vikings thing. They'll be have. seven and nine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or seven and ten. Right? That's what happened to the Steelers. Remember, they uh, was it two years ago or three years ago? Yes, that they I remember. They were, they, were, they were on fire, and then they were just like, "Nope." And it happened to the Cardinals too. That everyone knows about the past couple seasons or three it seasons. To, it happens to us too. Oh, like, for sure. That, we've always started off pretty hot, and then for November we would, we would be so, like with no with Russ in November we would be solid. But like it's always a heart attack, cardiac game type of thing where it's like a yeah. one touchdown thing, which we have not been seeing that many of this season. Which I oh, thank God, like our offense is actually effective for once. <laughs> Dude, for the last four games we've won. You know, we've been on. We're on a four game win streak. And all the four of those games, we've won by 10-plus points, and we haven't done that since, like, the 90s or something like that. Oh, my gosh, man. And, of course, your bottom two. Your bottom feeders uh, for the NFC are the Lions and Panthers. But the Lions are like, hey, even if we're at the bottom, we're just the, having the fun. Packers are going to see us because they beat them, and that was funny, which we can talk. We're going to talk more on that game in a second, but I yeah, just want we'll, to finish we'll, out the playoff contention. Or so who, who, how do we look in terms of our predictions early on in the season? So, like, uh, you, we, both of us had the Eagles. Both of us had the Packers, which that, is... That's completely wrong. Wrong. <laughs> that's never going to happen. Like they, uh, we had Packers for uh, NFC, like the North. NFC North champs, which that's wrong now. Yeah, they can't. They're not going to be able to catch up we to... We had Bucks for the NFC South, which they're still holding it, so... They're holding it, and that's a... I think they are the team that have the most ability to trend upwards. Yeah, and then NFC West, we I said Rams, you said 49ers. Which, which 49ers, we're both wrong. <laughs> as of right now. We're as of right now we're both wrong, but that's because in the beginning of this season we were basically being very realistic with our Seahawks and we were just mm-hmm. like we're not going to have a sucky year like 0 and 17, but we're we going to have like We a, made these predictions after like week 4 where yeah, we, yeah. we hadn't shown any sign of a defense whatsoever. Right. We were just out, we were we were optimistic. We were optimistic in the sense where we were just looking to have fun. Like if our team does something crazy, like DK big run, but we give up like twenty eight points, thirty five points, like that kind of thing. Like we were just having fun with it. But it now, like, look- and it was also like that one season with Russ where we had like a terrible. I think it was like last season, if not the season before, where we had a terrible defense through most of the season. But like we actually we turned the corner on our defense in the early part of the season rather than late into like November, like we did what a season or two ago. Yeah, it seems like that's always the case. Feels yeah. like it ever since Legion of Boomer. Yeah, 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 and then for wild card, I had well, we both said like 49ers or Rams, which eh, on the Rams right now. Yeah, uh, Mike, we both said Vikings at wild card, which is so wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and then I said Giants for wild card, while you said cards, and I know the Giants are basically still in contention to this day. So cards, uh, I don't think cards have a shot. I think they're they have um, to win out, but like at this point, it's it's not looking too good. So yeah. And the, I think, well, let's look at the other teams that are on the bubble or like in the wild card spots right now, because 49ers are at four and four. That's the closest team to the cards. Um, but you, you in our in the current picture, you have a six and two Cowboys and a six and two Giants sitting at, at the wild card spots right now behind Eagles who are undefeated in the NFC. East, right. right. NFC so East is going to hold two of those spots because they're just going so well this year. And of course, the Eagles t- uh, takes up the actual slot for the NFC, the for number one in the NFC East. So. And NFC West will take up two of those slots as well. I think the 49ers, they figured out, I mean, as long as they have a healthy That's Christian McCaffrey. You can, you can get the 49ers spot, but it's up to the 49ers to win game, to win. They have to win out. Four and, if you're four and four, you have no choice but to win out, else you're going to have the Or Falcons at least, you know, the, majority win. You have to be, you have, if you got, if you got, we got nine, eight or nine games left. You have to win at least six or seven of them. Right. So the Falcons and the Commanders are, I'm not, it's like the Falcons, I like them. 
but I just don't like they had that one game where like they're actually throwing the ball for a change, but I don't I can't trust them to take over the 49ers. No, neither can I for the Washington Commanders with Taylor Heineke. Although Heineke should have been starting the beginning of the season, but what you know, whatever. Because Rams and Saints are not about to come out of nowhere and take that wild card spot. So it's up to the Falcons and the Commanders to to control their destiny. And they have to win. They those two are teams that definitely have to win out the rest of the season. They're in a better position than than being three and six. But they still got to win out more so than the 49ers do. How do you, how and with with the 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 moves the 49ers have made? I think they've gotten two games with Christian McCaffrey in there. Yeah, the um, second game with I, him was like excellent. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, because they were on bye this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know you you got a tough you got a tough sell if you're telling me that the 49ers aren't going to make the playoffs because it would ha- it would have to take something pretty pretty drastic oh. for them to. And did we we already faced the 49ers once this season, right? Yeah, and they beat us. Yeah, so the thing that was is like week like, two or week three or something like that. So NFC, so the NFC West, like NFC West, like number one is still up for grabs between I will say the Seahawks and the 49ers. It depends. Like we need to keep winning out, and we also we also we have we have to beat the 49ers. If we don't beat the 49ers, and our record suffers, we'll be number two. We we could potentially yeah. basically switch positions right now. So, and that's yeah. kind of it. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll check back in again at like the, the week, what is it? Week 14, week 15. We're we'll probably around the week 14 time. See, see what's start, left. Uh, when they start, when uh, teams start clinching up, uh, I think teams are going to start clinching in the next like two or three weeks actually. So um, with that, well, I know Eagles are going to clinch theirs like pretty soon. <laughs> They're going to basically get that, that buy for sure. Yeah. I think the soonest it can be based off the current records is within the next five weeks. So there'll right. be like, after, at the end, halfway through December, we're going to start see teams like yeah. clinching spots. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, at halfway through December, we'll probably be looking at our uh, at the playoff picture again. Once we're at like that, like I said, that week fourteen, like time point. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when we get to that point, and we'll you know we'll let you all know. So, uh, so we're going to get into the week nine games now. Kind of like kind of go through those a little bit fast, but at the, uh, before we get to that. Hey, for all the fans that are still listening to us consistently throughout the week, you know, we see the data and stuff like that. Thank you for, you know, listening to us on this podcast. You know, this is like our our first season of a new podcast for the both of us with no experience before <laughs> on how to do a podcast. So, hey, you know, whatever you're, you're right. Yeah, I was going to say, whatever you're listening on out there, um, yeah, if you can just give us a good rating, like a five star rating and all that good stuff out there. Hey, you know. Uh, put some comments out there if need be. Give us some reviews. Hit us up on Twitter at you know Mr. S Podcast and all that stuff. So hey, come out and just talk with us. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have a you know good fun of the rest of the season. And then we'll have some future plans uh, post that. So thank you all to all the fans. Yeah, we say it right there in our description. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> no idea. We're just having, Every week we don't know what we're doing. We're just having fun with it. We're figuring it out as we go along. But let's go right into the week nine games. We don't have to go through too much detail because we kind of had a good uh, overview discussion of it when we were talking about our playoff predictors. First week up, we first game up, we had Eagles at Texans, 29-19. Eagles, everyone got that right on planet Earth. But Damian Pierce, I think the one thing that stuck out to me, Damian Pierce, he's going to be a very good running back. Breaks a lot of tackles. So I think he's, he's on the Houston Texans, but it is what it is. Amazing, except he's on the Houston Texans. Granted, that's that's one of their new core pieces. I will, I, you can basically at this point say Damian Pierce is like that's a that's a core player on the Houston Texans. Now you need mm-hmm. to go and find your other core players. I don't know if Davis yeah. Mills is the truth, even if he had a good year with the other rookie QBs around him. But we'll see. Yeah, and I think the one thing that I took out of that game. Now I'm not calling them this, but Eagles I think are a little bit on pretender watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they. 
you know, this game kind of if we're if we're doing like an overreaction, Eagles Eagles and Texans was closer was kind of too close for comfort, given how Eagles are trending and Texans are trending. And of course, it's just one game. But are they in a position where they're playing a lot better because of their opposing the opposing teams that they're playing? Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm at the at the end of the day, eight and zero is eight and zero. Whether it's with an easy schedule or a hard schedule, I know some people are gonna like. I think there was a meme that you definitely shared with me where it was like, you know, hey, you beat the Taylor Heineke Commanders, you did this and that. And I'm like, hey, eight and zero is eight and zero because like we could be nine and zero, but I know we had a tougher schedule. But mind you, hey. The, the more wins you get in that, like, you know, they obviously got like their eight wins to solidify their at least a playoff run, if not like an NFC uh, East champs or anything like that. But we'll see what happens with the Eagles going forward. And I know it was a, a pretty close game, but I mean, I don't sometimes, I mean, hey, the Raiders and like the Chiefs, you know, and the Bills, right? The two top teams people keep on saying in like the AFC, they've all had their losses to teams like, you know, Bills and Jets, which we'll talk about in a second. So, yeah, I don't I think know the, the haven't, haven't but... the Chiefs lost to like the Texans or something like that this season? I forgot who they lost to. They lost to someone small, <laughs> you know, like a... yeah. So like every like every team, if you have a good game plan, you can beat them. The Saints almost had the Bucks earlier in this season. Like there was a lot of games that were close, and you know some games that shouldn't have been close. We get it. Like the like the fact that the Dolphins and Bears was thirty five and thirty two, <laughs> right? Yeah, the game so, was close. Right, so you know, I wouldn't say Eagles are pretenders, but I can understand some people are just tight that the Eagles are up there at eight and zero. So it's understandable. Yeah, uh, Chargers at Falcons, twenty seventeen. You got that one right. I'm a little bitter about that because it came down to a game winning field goal, and I think it was off of a no, Marcus Mariota that, pick. No, but you wanted that that fumble where the the, the fumble, the, yeah, yeah. The Falcons took the ball from the Chargers, and then they were running back. Then they fumbled it back to the Chargers, and it was again a first down, and then the Chargers yeah. ran. Down. I was just like, come on, man. (laughs) But Falcons are going to foul because they choked, right? So he could have ran out of that. He could have ran out of bounds with it, with that ball at that point. But he was trying to run down the whole field. And I understand trying to be the hero, but that ball came right out. So I was, I was happy. Um, But uh, that, I mean, hey, Falcons are going to Falcons, and Chargers are kind of struggling. But hey, um, we'll see what happens. Yep, Dolphins at Bears, like you were saying, 35-32 Dolphins. We all got that right. It was a lot closer than we thought. What would you take away from that game? Justin Fields had a record-breaking game, uh, not just as a, the quarterback for the Bears, but just an NFL quarterback and running the ball all in one game, 178 yards on 15 rushes. On just 15 rushes. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. Like, let me move in this chair because like, I got I got to get I gotta get with you on this one. He's, he's about to lean into this microphone right now. I'm in this microphone right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm, 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 <laughs> let, I'm, I'm gonna be off of y'all's ears. But the thing I have about the Bears, they've already traded off like some of their defensive players and stuff. But your offense cannot. It can be like with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but they have a successful like run game and trick play passing with their stuff. But the thing is, you can't have Justin Fields running the ball for you. Every single like every single game and stuff like that. So uh, it's it, this was a great performance by Justin Fields. I will not take that away from him. I, again, I love my black quarterbacks in the league. I really wanted him actually in the Bears to kind of win out. Like I still hope the Bears can go and beat the Packers. That'll be like that'll be like the seasoning or like the toppings on like the like on your Sunday or whatever like that for you know like the Packers losing this season. But Justin Fields and running the ball every single game for you. 
it's not scalable. It's it, it can't be done every single week. Justin Fields is a special player, but he needs some pass catch. Uh, he needs some pass catches out there though for him. Yeah, the funniest part about that game was uh, Mike McDaniel's coming out and saying, "Stop it! Stop running!" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And you, I think I sent you like the meme where they like they got they actually had like. The thing about Mike McDaniel is how he talks too. He has like that stoner kind of talk, whereas it's as yeah. if he's always high. But he was just basically like, he's like, yeah, um, I was telling Justin Fields that like you need to stop running the ball, and he didn't take the coaching. So I think um, that this kind of shows that all the coaches out there, he doesn't take the coaching, and it was a it was a nice funny jab yeah. at him. But like, uh, you know, Mike McDaniel is a cool he's a cool dude. I wouldn't mind playing for him myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny because you could actually see on the hey stop it stop it and then you stop see Justin it. Fields laughing and stuff like that <laughs> but uh hey Dolphins almost lost that game I, I mean I know the Bears was really coming up to make most of that gap and it came out to 35-32 but like if the Bears could just like if they had like a, a like that wide receiver one on that team I haven't seen any wide receiver ones as of yet uh since Justin Fields practically has to run every single game especially before that Justin Fields was getting blown up on sacks. There was even a time when he got sacked from like two places at once and they just collided like an ice cream sandwich and he was just like on the ground a lot. So I'm glad they're trying to protect him because do not treat him like an Andrew Luck else he'll be out of the league before you know it. Uh, I think this was Chase Claypool's first game in as as their new receiver. So you can't expect him to be completely acclimated right from the get-go. Right. But, you know, he was the one saying that he was a top three receiver and, you know, tweeting (laughs) out and stuff like that. So, I mean, you're setting yourself up, man. That's that's cap all the way, man. Uh, Tyreek Hill is on pace for 2,000 yards. Speaking of receivers that are top three, Tyreek Hill is on pace for 2,000 receiving yards this season, which is an absolute monster of a season. I think that is like... I think that's like I would um, just I would put Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as like the wide receiver duo over DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. In my own opinion, like I love mm-hmm. our offense and what we're doing, but man, when Tua and those two receivers get going, like there's even I still remember the game where both Tyreek and Jalen Waddle both had like a hundred and like fifty yards a piece and stuff like like. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. Oh my, like just oh my gosh, and they both had two touchdowns. Like it's to the point where they're both like. I got, hey, I got to tap out. Bring someone in because I am tired running all this <laughs> team all day. <laughs> tap, hey, I need someone to tap in. Hey, I just need a breather because I'm running so many yards on this team, right? So another duo I would put up there is probably AJ Brown and Devontae Smith up there. In oh Philly. yeah, that's a, sure, a for and then sure. you got you, there's just so many of them. You could talk about Stephon Diggs and any human body across from Stephon Diggs. <laughs> That'd be a good tandem. Uh, although they, uh, although the Jets had their number over there, uh, Sauce Gardner did. Sauce so Gardner did right, and um, you know, but that, then there was a controversial no call for that pi on the Bears in the last drive. So that definitely did kill the drive and stuff. And it was one of those moments where it's like this could have been either like a tie, like this could have went to overtime, if not the Bears potentially winning the game. So yeah, because they, they would have had time think, to yeah, they would have had some time is, to take some shots. Oh no, go ahead. Oh yeah, that's what, sorry. I was just gonna say they would have just had some time to take some take some shots. True, true. And then of course, again, like my thing is, if most of your offense is like your quarterback running the ball while that's awesome. I would rather have it to where like they have pass catchers and then you have to also be careful of Justin Fields running the ball, you know? I mean like the Ravens have Mark Andrews, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like with the Ravens and Lamar though, like they, they still have a good run game, if not like a good pass game and stuff like that to, um, to compliment Lamar's run. So yeah. my thing is like, I would love Justin Fields to get those quarterback options and stuff, but if that's the only thing you can do to, to make it a game, that's, 
you can only do so much with a, a quarterback. I mean, because we even seen it with uh, Russell Wilson in his early years running the ball, but eventually you're not going to be running the ball like you was in the you know in the first place. And that can, even with Lamar Jackson, age will eventually kick in at some point. So it's it's the first thing something. that goes when you're when you're a quarterback like that, right? Like yep. the legs. I mean, it happened to Russ. Like I don't think it. I don't think it was a um, coincidence that he stopped running so much. I mean. He got he that probably, one injury from Aaron Donald. Ever since then, he hasn't run as much anymore. Yeah, and he oh, just has that look like he's in pain constantly when he when he was on the field sometimes. Yeah, and then of course um, this season he had the hamstring issues and stuff, so those are kind of catching up with him. But then they were even telling like, "Hey, Russ, we know you're not like the runner like you used to be, but like, you can still run. You you are a mobile quarterback. You got to run." At some yeah, point. yeah. To, first downs are first downs. That's the thing that that's that frustrating for us as Seahawks fans is the. The lack of appreciation of moving the chains for such a long period of time. Oh, yeah, facts, facts. If it, even if it was like third and two, we would throw like a 40-yard go route to DK instead of just, you know, maybe a, a tight end out route or something. Basically, so I'm with you on that one because, like, that's the only thing people didn't see with Russ because not a lot of people saw those games. There was times when we would just not move the ball down the field, and it was so frustrating. And then we would have those one-possession games, and I hated that one season. I think it was 2019 where we every almost like eight or ten games was like one-possession games, and like we won by that touchdown or field goal. I hate that. I hate that season. Oh yeah, me too. Next one up, we had Panthers at Bengals, 42 to 21. Bengals. Everyone got that right. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers the, are in shambles right now. Baker and Mayfield they, came out there. <laughs> Joe Mixon with five touchdowns on yeah. the day. That he had like I think he had four before the half. I faced him in fantasy, but yep, that's the funny part is the person I was facing against did not like. I think they're like a first year player in fantasy, so they did not start a lot of people. So there was a lot of bo- people on by. But the fact that like if you look at the final score, it was like. They were like 30 points away from me, and that just shows you like how many points Joe Mixon had. That Joe Mixon, he put up like 55 point something points, like 55.6 points in fantasy. Yeah, Both, unreal. Uh, NFL, ESPN, what have you. Like, it, it's crazy, but like the fact that he, I still remember he got all those touches. He's like, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I, keep, I, lo- I love when I saw him doing that, but <laughs> Joe Mixon, he needed that day for sure. Um, so Game we'll see what happens with the Bengals going forward because now they're finally they got under their feet again and they're trying to now you know make a run for the playoffs again. Yeah, game that we all we've been wanting to talk about. Oh, Packers yeah, at Lions, fifteen to nine Lions. Not even Lions fans got this one right. We right. all guessed Packers. Um, we both got this one wrong though, and because you know we were like you know Packers are not going to lose against the Lions. They did, and it was funny, funny as hell that you had. Aaron Rodgers getting picked in the end zone. What was it? Three times? Twice. Or was it two? Two times? Okay. So it, he, he had three total red zone picks, two of which were in the end zone. Yeah. So that was fun because, okay, one of them you were like, okay, you can give that one because it bounced off the helmet. But then the other two, those were like Aaron Aiden like, Hutchinson uh, got one. Aiden Hutchinson got one and stuff. My, at the end of the day, man, like Packers, Packers fans out there, look. I don't feel for you. Okay. So you just, you, you know what you, you did, you know what you did. And then of course, even Packers fans during the trade were literally like on Twitter. They had the right to ask, Hey, can we go and trade for a damn wide receiver? And they didn't do that. Well, do let's, I think, um, I think more information came to light as to like the, the Raiders, were play, the Raiders played, placed a lot of calls trying to get a wide receiver. I think that if we were talking about Deandre Hopkins, I think they were in on Deandre Hopkins. I think they were in on but Packers are not known for Claypool trading. as well. Yeah, but Packers are not I know they said they were trying 
but Packers are literally notoriously known. You can ask any Packers, or they're not known. They're known for building through the draft only, and not even free agency or trades. It's so bad. Like I, I don't like when like your team is literally just like, yeah, the only thing we do is trades, or only thing we do is the is the draft. That's it. But like, yeah. Even when they were drafted, they probably offered receivers. something stupid like a conditional conditional seventh round, expecting right. them to think it was a but good like deal. The issue, but the issue with the Packers is that the past like what two or three drafts, they only drafted like they barely even they didn't draft. I don't think any wide receiver in the first round. They've been yeah. it's been a quarterback one season, and then all of a sudden it's like uh, there were oh the Packers was one of the three teams that uh, that are regretting their first round picks. So they made two first, I think it was either two first round picks or two very high picks for defensive players. And I'm yeah, like, like, Christian Watkins was, I think one of those first. Was, round no, picks. Christian Watkins was a second round. Like they second had, round, two, okay. yeah, they had two first round. I think they were both like a defensive line, like a linebacker and a defensive lineman. And mm-hmm. if you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers, you think if those two linemen in the first round are going to help win you games, I'm, I'm sorry to say that's not the case. Cause Aaron Rodgers definitely needs help with his receivers and stuff. So and Romeo Dobbs is hurt now too. I think, yep. and I think Christian, Wa- uh, Christian Watkins, Watkins has, has been injured like for something or the other the entire season. Yep. It's been kind of rough. He's had concussions. He's had uh, like a man. If knocks only, here. If only they traded or picked up. Uh, they don't even do free agency like that, man. It's 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 really funny. So I don't know. Pa- uh, Packers are very stubborn, and basically, Packers fans, your team is suffering from their past uh, decisions. It's all coming to haunt them this season, especially with uh, signing uh, Aaron Rodgers to what a two or three year deal. They're, they're, they're praying for him to retire. That's how badly. They, That's how they badly. It. That's how bad it is. At least put Jordan Love out there. I mean, gosh, like I don't know, man. Like this whole yeah, thing, don't... what they do, I don't. It's it's not it's not working. Your system is R E L A X. Relax. Relax. All right, let's. That was a Let's really fun going. game to watch the Packers lose to, but it's uh, always fun. Next game, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell had the most wholesome, wholesome post game, which was like, oh, I yeah, don't know what the hell happened. I just want to go home and have a beer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I mean, especially when like you, you are the Lions, you're low, and you're like up oh, the Packers. Even the Lions is like and we love the we love it when the when those low teams win because that gives the opportunity for the Broncos pick to go a little higher. So <laughs> right. I love chaos. I love the chaos. <laughs> Um, so next, next up, the Raiders at Jaguars, and this is the third game in the season where the Raiders have given up a seventeen zero or a seventeen plus uh, point lead. So yep. it's 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 wild because why are the Raiders down so bad after they got Devontae Adams and stuff? Especially that one week where both Devontae Adams had like what no catches or anything or barely even if he had a catch it was like for two yards or something like that. It was it's just bad. I think they need to get rid of Derek Carr personally at this point. Yeah, so in that game, it was 27-20, and uh, me and Oliver got that one right. Devontae Adams had 10 receptions. It was close. It wasn't as close as the goddamn... I remember looking at the score, and it said 17-0, and I'm like, okay, but then I didn't know about the other two games where they were up 17. Basically, they they basically choked their leads, just like the the Ravens were doing in the fourth quarter, so... The uh, Devontae Adams had 10 receptions for 146 yards and two tuds, and I think a lot of that was in the first half. So, like, yep. he put up his numbers, and then they just kind of shat the bed in the Basically. second half. And there's not um, much else to say except, like, Raiders fans, um, y'all need to just rebuild at this point, especially when you're not going to keep a lot of your players that were it's your fu- It's funny that you're telling a team that just traded for Devontae Adams like it was, like, the missing piece. <laughs> okay, but you could say the same thing to the Cardinals. Like, right now, people were calling for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, hey, you want to you make a trade after the season's over? Like, bro, like, Cardinals, I don't know, man. I don't, Raiders definitely need to, they need to rebuild at this point. They need to take some time, go get a quarterback, because Derek Carr... 
I think he's hit his, he's hit his ceiling and things are not working out. He'll, he'll probably get traded to the Colts. <laughs> oh I, I bet you the Colts would love to pick him up and then they're just going to be middling. But I think Derek Carter should have been the quarterback that they went for. Well, they he he, he for won't be going to the Colts because the Colts signed Matt Ryan to like a two or three year deal. Fully, yeah, almost fully stupid. guaranteed. So that's on the Colts at that point. <laughs> they, 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 uh, they're reaping what they sowed. And speaking of the Colts, the Colts have Patriots. 26 to three Pats. We all got that right. Big thing that I took away, Sam Ellinger got snack, sacked nine times. Like, that's crazy, man. Did he, did he leave the, the stadium in a wheelchair? Like, that's... Like, I don't know, man. Like, the you Colts, take that many hits, it hurts. Yeah, that's why... And I think... Wasn't this the game? Or if not, no, it was the last game. But either way, like... No, yeah. This is the game I think they fired Frank Reich off of, I thought. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Because After like, this some, game, they fired him. Yeah, for sure. Because you can even yeah. see it. Not even this game, but it was a game before. No, it was actually this game. I remember like looking at his face, and you can tell he's like, I'm losing my job today. <laughs> yeah. You can tell. Like, man, I'm like, dead. Yep, I'm, I'm dead. Um, so let's go to another exciting game. The Bills at Jets. 20 to 17 Jets. Planet Earth got that one wrong. <laughs> I wrote, this is what I wrote in our This notes. was the litmus test, basically, for the Jets to see, like, how far that they can punch, right? Like, it, it, you know, you have a lot of rookies on the team. You just lost your star running back player not too long ago. And now um, you beat the Bills, surprisingly. And I've actually watched, like, some breakdowns of it. But they basically just kind of they went off of Josh Allen's uh, his tendencies, especially for play action and stuff like that. And because there was a time when, like, um, Josh Allen was – You'll see him throw that one pick where it was a play action. He just throws it, even though like the Jets player is right there. But that's because that's that's how they they it's the timing and like the trust of like, hey, you're gonna be over there and stuff. They they had his they had his number. They had his number that game. Um, and I think the big thing the the big thing that you got to take away from it too is you know we trash Zach Wilson a lot. Um, he had a decent game. You know, give him credit because credit's due. But mm-hmm. I think it more, it more goes along the lines of he didn't lose them that game because, you know, what what do quarterbacks like Zach Wilson do that lose them games, turn the ball over a lot or you right. know, make dumb decisions, you know, don't move the ball down the field. Right. Um, they, right. they really took advantage. I think um, Robert Sala did a good job of taking advantage of James Robinson. They did a lot of those, you know, dump passes or, you know, check down type passes. Keep it simple for Zach Wilson mm-hmm. and then just let the, the defense do its thing. The defense is what's keeping, you know, has has brought the Jets up to this point, and it's right along with Robert Sala's uh, line of expertise, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next one up, we had Vikings at Commanders, 20-17 oh, to 17 oh, oh, oh. Vikings. You got you to gotta talk about the the big thing that came after that game. You know, Josh Allen got the elbow injury. Oh, yeah, Josh and, Allen. He, he hurt, like, the Tommy John tendon or something like that, right? Yeah, he, basically, it's in his throwing um, it's it's in his throwing arm, and uh, I think he need, I believe he needs um, – I believe he needs the uh, a surgery. I think I'm not sure right now. I think they're, gonna, I think they're trying to nurse him, like kind of thing, because uh, yeah. surgery would be like a season-ending type. Yeah, of deal. Tommy. Yeah, the Tommy John surgery fears surface for Bills after reports of the UCL. Yeah, it's, it's called this the UCL uh, injury. So my thing is, here's the thing: you you got your throwing arm, not your your other arm. This is your throwing shoulder or your throwing elbow. And mm-hmm. that, especially with how he throws and stuff like that, it's under it's it's still under evaluation to this day. Um, but if he needs surgery, that might be their season. I'm not too sure yet. But right now they're that's this is the reason why they're not they haven't said anything yet, because they're still doing a lot of evaluations to see if they can keep him in, because they know that they can't keep this level of success up without Josh Allen. Yeah, he's a, he's a piece that keeps them together. So we'll see which what, is like, what you we'll expect. See what happens on that mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see. 
Um, next one up, we had Vikings at Commanders, 20 to 17 Vikings. Commies fought hard on this one. They did. Um, Taylor um, Heineke, I like Taylor Heineke a lot, but the Vikings are the Vikings, man. And they, oh man, the Vikings were like, man, Kirk Cousins was throwing dimes. He was throwing dimes to like, he threw a dime to, the one pass I liked from Kirk Cousins was when he threw it to uh, Dalvin, uh, Dalvin Cook in like the end zone on like a tight coverage towards like the edge of it too. Yeah, and that was, I think, to tie it up, right? Yeah, that was to tie it up. But like, man, that was just like such a good game to the point where like, I mean, everyone seen Kirk Cousins up on the plane with like the most chains I've ever seen on this man with no yeah. shirt. And he was Kirk just Cousins. Like, ah, ah. Uh, I, no one can see me do this dance, but he was doing the dance. Like he was, he was <laughs> stiff. He was, you could tell he was the white man, just like, you know, everyone, uh, everyone says this is like the dance. All right. Okay. But like, you can have fun when you're winning and like, he looks like yeah. he's having fun. I don't know what's his future with the Vikings. Unless they're going to keep on paying him big money every year and like one or two year deals of fully uh, guarantees. But that man has made his money, but I feel like uh, they have to, they have to show something. So they're going to go to the playoffs for sure, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, Mike, Kevin O'Connell coming in. I think this is his first year taking over from Mike Zimmer. Yeah, big difference, and I think that's that that that's why I think Kirk Cousins gets a clean slate because you kind of get that when a new coaching system comes in and you have so much success. But yeah, they'll they'll have to see what happens. You know, you got to get those results. Um, next one up, we had Rams at Buccaneers, sixteen thirteen bucks. Adam and Oliver got that right. Fuck you, Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> you you know, knew better. You knew. I knew better. You like that? You like that? You like that? God, Tom Brady came into the the press conference afterwards. He was like, "That's fucking awesome." (laughs) That's what he he said. said. He was he was just like, "Wow, that was fucking awesome." And then that's how they started off, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, Rams are Rams are complete shambles. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. We talked a lot about this one game already. Rams are complete shambles. They let I don't think I don't think say like you mean it because you wrote Rams are ass. Rams are ass. (laughs) They let the Bucks march down the field 60 yards in like 30 seconds. I don't think the Bucks had a single timeout. Maybe you they had one. You know who Tom Brady is and what he's I know done. who Tom Brady is, but you know who like the Rams are? They coming off the Super Bowl win. Their but defense remember, ain't that remember much Remember what different. we talked about with, with uh, Jalen Ramsey? They kept putting that defense on the field because their offense was not working. And you know, if you keep putting your awesome defense on the field, their effectiveness goes down. Yeah, because you know they get they get minutes on them. Yep. Bobby Wagner did. I think this is the game that Bobby Wagner did have that cool jump over the he, like he's done for us. You know? Oh yeah, he's going off. Like the defense was going off. It's just the offense wasn't. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, you, you get a first down. You get a first down in that game. You know, it may have played out differently. It's always right. those ifs, ifs, but ifs, buts, maybes. You know, that's you know that's what it always comes down to. Sunday night Titans at Chiefs, twenty to seventeen. Chiefs. We were all right on that. Um, we talked down a lot here. about this already, but like Malik Willis is not ready. That's why they they basically have no receivers that can get open. Malik Willis is trying to run the basically they're trying to run the ball through him. Can't do it because they can't keep running with their two backs uh, consistently now in this game. And Patrick Mahomes had to throw sixty eight times to fight for that win. Yeah, for twenty points he had to throw sixty eight times, which is kind of wild when you think about it. Last game up Monday night, we had Ravens at Saints. Um, I, talk I about. I was tight because if the Saints at least put up something on their offense, I would have won. This was my first win, but we're tied up. Yeah, and after that, it looks like I am. So we have two ties. We've played six times, so that I think that puts us at four zero, and that pits me at four zero and two. So 
like I said, I don't know what it feels like to lose yet. I'm not going to brag because this one did kind of come down to the wire. It was pretty wild. Uh, we're going to get into it with these week 10 games because like this one, I think this is a good slew where we can get I can get these ones correct and win. So, yeah, this next week's are, the next week's are good. So our, overall wise, uh, we were both nine and four. Oliver was eight and five. That puts you at 46 and 41 overall. So welcome to the plus plus territory. <laughs> uh, I'm at 60 and 27, which is kind of wild because I usually just guess on a lot of these. But um, yeah, it's been a it's been a good season so far. Um, but a lot of season left, so you got plenty of time to come back. Right, right, all right. All so right, let's let's, let's go into games. our week. Yeah, let's go into our week ten games. Um, Falcons at Panthers. I'm going Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, this I'm doing this live with you this time too. I didn't really look at this in, in yeah, no, Seahawks at Buccaneers. Seahawks. Yeah, let's be real. We're we're going all the way. Vikings so at Bills. I'm That's a Vikings. tough one. I'm going Vikings. I have to think about this one. I want to say Bills because I'm hopeful that they can put a loss on the Vikings. Right. Uh, but it really depends on that Josh Allen injury. Yep. So ba- Lions at Bears. This is Ooh. weird because you have. To, like I can see the Lions going off on the Bears, but I can also see the Bears going off on the Lions. So it's a more of a coin flip right here. Let's let's let's. I feel like you're gonna go with the Lions, and I'm gonna go with the Bears. I actually, I was actually gonna go with the Bears over the Lions. Surprisingly, I, was thinking, I, I I think they figured out like the kind of offense that they need to run. So I'm gonna they're go with gonna, the Bears. They're basically right now running through and they're the home field. team. Oh yeah, and it's at home, and you know it's Colt divisional yeah. divisional rival, but you know it's like a it is what it is. Chief Jack. Uh, Jack Jaguars is, at Chiefs. This is not. This isn't. This isn't anything. Browns yeah, a lot of Dolphins. these are kind of games. Dolphins at Browns at Dolphins. Dolphins for both of those. Texans at Giants. 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 <laughs> yeah. Saints at Steelers. Now this is Saints. weird. You guys still go Saints on this one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Are you Saints. gonna go Steelers? Oh, okay, I don't, I don't, trust, I don't trust Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers are like the only the only team worse on offense than the okay, Rams. So are like hear, the Steelers. Hear me out on this one. Oh, God, I Broncos hate hearing at Titans. Oh. Titans. I'm going Titans. I'm going. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking. I want to say Broncos this time around. Let's ride. I might. I might. I might switch. This is the my. This is the one I might switch before Sunday. Do we know anything about Ryan Tannehill's health? I think he was questionable for That's the game. Basically, coming. like you with the Bills, it's me with like the Titans. Like if it's Malik Willis, I I'm sorry. I'm gonna go with Broncos because you have Russell Wilson at least starting to get like they had a bye week and they had time to like gel more of that offense together. So. That's why I'm going to say Broncos over Titans. If it's Malik, if it's Ryan Tannehill, I will go Titans for sure. Mm-hmm. Colts at Raiders. That's a tough one. So do you I, believe Raiders? in Derek Carr or do you believe in Sam Ellinger? I Raiders. believe in Raiders. So. Raiders. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. Cowboys at Packers. I'm, <sighs> going, I'm going Cowboys. Nope. I ain't going to play. <sighs> I'm going Cowboys. Like, unfortunately, I want them to lose. Cowboys defense is so good this year. I have to go with Cowboys. Yeah. Cardinals at Rams. Uh, this is Cardinals. Uh, it's at Rams. <laughs> I'm, Rams that doesn't so really mean, the, the home field advantage doesn't mean anything. Um, and SoFi Stadium because you could be an away team in SoFi Stadium. I'm still going to go Cardinals because I trust them more than I do the Rams right now. Unless the Rams all of a sudden get their heads out of their asses. That's the only thing. So it's a 50, that's a coin flip of the game because NFC West is a bit of a coin flip. Chargers yeah. at 49ers. I'm going 49ers unless the Chargers do something, which that will be surprising. Commanders, so, at Commanders at Eagles. Yeah, we're both probably going to go Eagles. And this is like a week where like it's going to come down to like a one, maybe two games. I think Chase Young is starting to get back in the rotation, right? 
for oh yeah, yeah for commanders that still doesn't change the fact that the eagles are gonna still have their number though yeah and so if there's a game that eagles lose like that be their first loss i can see this being the one yeah i'm just putting an asterisk on one of these games uh, i'm gonna put that on my bronco on the not mine but the broncos because it depends on who the titans are starting at quarterback for me if they have ryan Tannehill back Actually, you know, we really think about it with the Broncos and Titans. Just a, just a quick little spell. You know, even if Ryan Tannehill was in there. Who's I he know throwing to? He was, yeah, who's he throwing? Well, because Traylon Burks is still out unless he comes back and stuff. But they all they have is a run game. The Broncos, I know they lost. Now, technically, that's why I put an asterisk on the Broncos right now because they definitely traded away Bradley Chubb. So if they had Bradley Chubb, I would have been like, Broncos could still win it. But that's why I'm still, still have putting pieces asterisk. on that defensive line. I think that's the thing that's understated is that – they had good role players in that defensive line, so yeah, they, they're not going to just player. like they got good linebacker play. They're not going to just roll over and die, but they're right. going to. I think they, they'll put up a fight, but I think Titans are going to come out with it just because I like Mike Vrabel. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I know I've, I remember that Mike Vrabel game against the Patriots where he was like playing with the clock and stuff like that on them. I remember <laughs> yeah. that game. That's a Bill Belichick move right there too. Right. Know the rules. If you don't know the rules, you're already a step behind. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. That's all we got there for the um, week 10 game. So I guess we can go into the send offs if you want. Yeah. So uh, any last thought? I think that, yeah, that is uh, everything we got. So any last thoughts from, from you before we, uh, we sign off here? Um, yeah. So I was looking at a uh, article from, give me a second, uh, from Brian Nemhauser uh, the morning after. And he definitely, like from this past game for the Cardinals, and he definitely mentioned a lot of stuff of how we built our team compared to other NFL teams and stuff like that. Basically, the short of it is with how with how Pete Carroll coaches in terms of like the synergy between like, you know, Pete Carroll and like young players versus older players and stuff. I do think that like this is a very this is a very, very special season like it was for 2011. It's one of those seasons where, like, we are not going to get this 2022 season ever again. Like this, this amount of success with these, with this number of rookies playing on the field. So, um, let's just enjoy the season as it is, and like, no matter what wins or losses come for the Seahawks this uh, this season going forward, I'm I'm just here to I'm really enjoying the season so far. It's like a breath of fresh air, and it's like. I'm not sure what the future is for Pete Carroll postseason, but like even if he were to leave, I still have like hope for the Seahawks going forward. Hey, I mean, you know, we we might come off as some like head ass Seahawks fans and stuff like that, saying dumb things, but at the end of the day, we're pretty realistic with it. Like we know this situation here is just a a an amalgamation of like many like good choices that kind of just happen to pan out, right? It was and really so, that draft class, man. Like that big draft class that we have. Where that draft class, Uchenna Nwosu, Uchenna oh. Nwosu, Bruce Irvin, re-signing mm-hmm. Geno Smith, like the trade for Russell Wilson, and then, the, yeah, the draft picks that we got from that trade. Like all these things kind of just – everything kind of went right, and, you know, you, you just got to appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, man, and uh, I think, you know, again, uh, just okay, stay tuned in on what happens going forward, especially – when the draft comes around, because we're going to have, regardless of where the picks fly, um, we are going to have, uh, we're going to have two first round picks again. <laughs> yeah. So that's, wait, we had, yeah, yeah, yeah. We only we, had one first round yeah, pick. we had one, year. so now we have two this time, and we don't have to say, go get a lineman, go get a lineman. Now we can actually say, like, ooh, maybe go for another edge to complement Nuosu, maybe, or I think we're going to probably go after a linebacker. Uh, coverage yeah. linebacker if it depends on how high up our pick is 
if our if we have a pick in the top five or top seven, I was just I'll just say do BPA uh, best player available, um, and then your second pick can kind of like be tuned towards okay, are we trying to fill something? But that's just my opinion on that. I know I know we're trying to wrap up the show, but I've been always meaning to ask you this question. What's up? Because I have my opinion on it. If that if we get that pick and it ends up being like a let's say a top five pick, Broncos Broncos just absolutely tanked the rest right. of the season. Uh huh. You get a top five pick. Someone offers us like a huge package for that top five pick so that they can trade up. You take it or do you want to use that pick? I, before I can say that, I would also, mm, I might not because we already have two ones, two twos. I think we have two three. No, we have one three, a lot of like two fours. We already have a lot of like picks to have. The only thing is you can say you can have more picks. Now, if it turns into more first round picks going forward, maybe. Um, but for me, I think it's like a no doubt, no doubt, but for you, it's no doubt for me. It's like, it depends if we're in a top five and there's a quarterback there, I would say, take the quarterback and then have him behind, uh, Geno Wilson for like a season or two. That's just my Geno Smith. Yeah. (laughs) Geno, you said we're going to let, we're going to let, um, we're going to let, uh, Drew Locke go. I don't know if we're going to, now if we're at the point where it's like, we don't need to go out. Like if they say we don't need to go after a quarterback at all, I'm like, you say that until things go wrong with Geno Smith. You know, not saying for Geno Smith, but like everyone has like Geno, maybe some people have Geno Smith's number and like the season we're having is going to be different. Uh, we'll get like, especially towards the end of the season, we'll definitely talk more on like the draft and like what the uh, early draft like rankings are, or um, like mock drafts are and stuff. But like, in my opinion, I think we should invest in a quarterback. I kind of like the quarterback class coming out. I wouldn't say it's the strongest of quarterback classes but at the same time if we have like i don't know when we're going to ever get another top five pick like that unless like depending on who's going to trade up because people that are trading up are winning teams rather than a losing team right so it depends so i'm like 50 50 on that uh yeah for me i think if if we got like the, the package i'm thinking of is like the dolphins got for uh from the niners for the pick that they use for trey lance so if anything like that do you even see if we, a team if, even doing that again? You know what I'm saying? Like, how often are you going to see a team? Now, I know we got more Bears trades. have done it. Like, Bears have done it recently, I think, to get Justin Fields. Um, They're not going to do it again. Do you think – what other team's going to do that? Colts. Panthers, maybe, maybe <laughs> Panthers, Panthers, but, like – No, but Panthers are already going to have a high pick. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like you, you have to think of a team that's, like, maybe top 10 or top 15 that are trying to make up for that. So we'll see if it depends on who's like, – it depends on how the draft rankings are. Like, Packers. <sighs> Packers ain't trade. They don't do trades. They barely trade. <laughs> see what I'm saying? So that's why I'm saying yeah. like, I'd rather just take best player available. If you're not going to go quarterback, go best player available. Like, go get that edge. Yeah, I think, the, edge. I think the quarterback – I mean, I had the opportunity of watching the Alabama game, and I thought that um, – there's a lot to like Bryce Young is the name that's been thrown around a lot mm-hmm. and there's a lot to uh, a lot to long for in, in terms of his game. He's going to be a gate player that needs to develop. Well, there's um, other but there's other um, quarterbacks um, besides Bryce. One, you also have CJ Stroud and you have uh, this is the now we're going to because, you know, I will definitely like get into this later on. But like you have CJ, CJ Stroud from Ohio State. Um, you got Will Levis from Kentucky. And then Bryce Young on number one, right? So we'll see what happens. I think there's only like three, you know how like there's three like big quarterbacks and stuff like that. Cause after that, it kind of falls off a lot. So like if we're not in the running for like that top three or maybe top two in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, then like go best player available. 
Yeah. Go get an edge. I can see that. Go get an edge. Like go go make the D line even better. Or are we going to go get a center? Oh, that's a good one. I would say center. Well, you see if how we're in the top, if we're in the top five, I wouldn't try to get a center in the top five. Just go best player available. But if we're like ten and maybe or maybe like seven and below, like we were before when we got Charles Cross, maybe go after the best center. But centers. It's usually offensive tackles that be going first, and then somewhat guards before a center will go. So we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. Yep. So yeah. What about you, man? Uh, nothing for me. Always grateful for anyone that's listening on the show. Um, one thing that stuck out for me is Perk Cousins. <laughs> Perk Cousins without his shirt on, in his glasses, with all those damn chains on. He looked like a goddamn successful rapper's accountant on that plane ride home. But oh, you know, man. I was I was making fun of it, and now I'm just like. Get to hell with it, man. Go live your life. You guys are having a good time. Yeah, I mean, um, seven and one right now. Like, whenever you're gonna see the the Vikings do that? Because literally, the past like couple seasons, they've been bad. Yeah, and or, you know, or, middle, middling. or middling at best. Yeah, at best. Um, and with that, that's all from here. All from us here at Miss Reps Podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to follow us on our socials at on our handle at Miss Reps on Instagram and Twitter. And we hope to see you again next week. And hey, go ahead and rate us, you know, on uh, as a, a five stars on for the podcast. Show that love. Show that love. Peace. <laughs>